Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. Okay, Lucas, you sound just so stressed. Oh, it's fine. Is it fine? <laughs> it's fine! I just adjusted my chair and it made a woo noise. I'm fine! <laughs> oh, God, Lucas. It's okay, we'll have a nice... That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> Lucas, it's fine. Well, on that bit, note, hello. No, it, bit after that. Welcome to... Do you, wait, what was the bit after that? One, you said, "Oh God, Lucas." Yep, and then you said, "That's what she said," which was really, really funny. It's very funny. It's like sex. <laughs> yeah, because that's what she would say. Love us a critical analysis of the history, cultural impact, and music of Manic Street Preachers. Uh, we are going through their album. Uh, no, <laughs> we're going through their discography, uh, album by album, track by track. Asking questions: Does context? matter to the way we listen to music does knowing the history of a band uh make you feel differently about their artistic output and more importantly we're asking the question do you love us us being the band manic street preachers uh, and not us the hosts of the podcast do you love us to which you're now listening very specifically this week we're asking the question baby what have you done to your hair because we're (laughs) because we're focusing on uh the manic street preachers Eighth album, Send Away the Tigers. This intro is a shambles. We've just put the intro. We've just put the introduction on a T-shirt as well. So it's glad that I. St- I'm glad I still haven't learned it. Yeah. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool, and with me is Steve Murphy. Send away the Tigers. And Lucas Way. 
Everything Must Go. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> that's good. Those that's are both albums by the Manics. <laughs> they that's, are. Oh. Only one of which we'll be focusing on in depth today. Um, how how are you guys, Lucas? You've had a bit of a stressful day at work. We're going to try and uh, power through that. Mention them all by name and your company. People yeah. stressing me off. Who has wronged oh, you? Bloody <laughs> Terry. Oh, Tezza. Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy the oh, Larry. Jezza. <laughs> Gary. Was it Larry. Jimmy the twat? <laughs> yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Steve, oh. how are you? Are you stressed? Send away the tigers. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, how are you? I, we actually haven't talked since um, since we recorded the bonus episode. What, what have you guys uh, been up to? Um, I watched you both argue a few times on our group chat. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound like us. That doesn't sound like us. <laughs> uh, I had a lovely weekend. I went to go visit our friend Chris Tizard in uh, in his area oh, where hi, he Chris. lives. Shout out, big Chris! <laughs> no? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, keep that yeah, energy yeah. up. That's great. Yeah. Uh, it was lovely. I had a beer or two. <sighs> I uh, I and some dear friends went kayaking Ooh. down the River Itchin. Oh, went and explored mm. some r- some burnt out wreckages. The cool. bitchin itchin. Me and my friends Peter, Gorman, and Sean. Lovely. Mm. Uh, I did a bit of paddling. Uh, my my oars aren't very good. Okay. So I swapped with the people in the other kayak, and I much preferred Sean's oar. <sighs> Yeah, Sean. Sean's oar was preferable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean's yeah. oar okay. helped yeah. me more on the shore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> me and Sean with Sean's with Sean's oar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to moor yeah. more effectively on the shore. Of that, I am sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Are you great. Wow, he spent all weekend just having that circulating around his head, swapping yeah. words around, going like, no, that's not right. We're going to swap that bit around. Perfect. Um, um, Why would I need to swap into that story around? No, it was that's the really chronological order that it happened in. <laughs> yeah, Me and that. Sean yeah. went to the, went moored on the shore Do and I again. used Sean's oar yep. to help me oar to the shore. Oh, it's like a horrible tongue twister. That's amazing because um, me, me and Chris went um, to the pub and the drummer of Manic Street Preachers. Oh, God, that's did interesting. You, did you have a pint of Nicky Wire? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I would like to. Yeah, oh. I think we'd all like to have a pint of Nicky Wire. Um, I don't know what that means. No. Uh, also coming up on uh, the podcast later is uh, Sean Moore will be joining us. Uh, we'll have a guest on much later, which I'm sure you guys are quite excited about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lucas, you're not excited about it. Sean Moore coming up on the podcast. Yeah. Depends if he fucking shows up this time, eh? Well, that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm assured that he will be here this week. So look forward to Third that. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Guys, mm. send away the tigers. What were the Manics up to last time we talked oh, about them? I thought you were saying, what Lucas. were they up to with this album? <laughs> Adam, what last time you promised you would ask that question of Steve. Oh, fuck. Okay, Steve, what have we been, uh, what have they been up to? Oh, man, you know, oh, man, you know, they're just hanging out. Just makes, yeah. oh, man, some music. I think actually the point, the point was is that they weren't hanging out. Oh, so, oh, man, <laughs> they're just hanging out. No, not with each other, man. Yeah. Um, they did, uh, they, they, after Lifeblood, uh, they obviously did their two, um, 
James E. Bradfield released Great Western, and Nikki Wire released Kill the Zeitgeist. And we covered that. I killed that. the Zeitgeist. I killed yeah. the Zeitgeist. Yeah, that's it's, true. Not right. it's not all about you, but it's fine. Um, okay. And they released those to varying successes. <laughs> and then they thought. Yeah, that's probably fair. And then they thought they really yeah. missed Sean and his trumpet. And they thought. Yeah. Let's get back together. Let's get the, let's let's get the band get back together. Band back together oh, man. Join the band, Sean. Let's just get the join bloody the band. band back together. Yeah, so James had gone on tour and Nikki had uh, done three gigs. And many uh, wines. And there's no Manics activity from like May 2005 to December 2006. Apart from that one, uh, remember the, the Leviathan track that we played? I remember that for the uh, compilation note. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fine at best. Yeah, it was fine at best. Um Leviathan. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in December 2006, this was a big deal for me. They uh, played at the XFM Winter Wonderland in uh, Manchester, and they debuted two new songs. Did- they debuted "I'm Just a Patsy," mm-hmm. an autumn song, mm. and I was like in the full throes of my fandom. Uh, I got that bootleg. I still have that bootleg. It was a good set. It was a good set. But the, other than that, they are just sort of... They spend a lot of time recording. And from interviews, there seemed to be a sort of conscious effort to in the studio to get like back to their roots and sort of simplify. And they, wanted, they said they wanted to make something joyful and, and start from a place of just playing together again and being instinctual and a mixture of generation terrorists and everything must go mm. and all of these sort of like buzzwords. And, sure. and we'll talk a little bit later about um, whether or not they were successful would, in that. Would you say they were trying to claw it, something about clawing it because tigers claw something? Would you say they, Adam? Um, the, the One of the most important things that I suppose they did in that, in that, uh, that period of time is that they the studio that they had recorded bits of know your enemy i think a lot b-sides um and lifeblood that studio they bought it stripes um and they called it faster studios and i think most of send away the tigers is recorded there named after the song guys oh okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which song fast like a faster like a cheetah (laughs) which is similar to a tiger Oh, it's all it's all coming together. (laughs) It's all coming together. Um, So, but but apart from that bootleg, I hadn't heard anything until the first like bit of actual music from Send Away the Tigers was released. Do either of you want to guess what the first sort of thing we heard, the first single was? Your love alone is not enough. No, Lucas. Do you have a, a better guess? Indian Summer. It was Underdogs, uh, huh. which was released as a free download on their website um, on uh, March 19th, 2007. Although it had had some radio play uh, on March the 1st. Mm. Um, and on so many iPods. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it was released Downloading to... Downloading um, to your iPod, guys. That, look, I'm, guys. Gonna, I'm buying an MP3 player next month. Downloading... Yeah, Adam, MP3 that's because you're a wanky onto your twat. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be able to have all my music in one place. I'm getting a portable, Why can't you do that on your phone? I'm getting a portable record player that I strap to my side. Adam, why can't you do that on your phone? 
Because it's it'd still be on two different apps. It means the quality would be much better. Adam, what's the um, what are you analogy saying? you gave to what me What do you about... mean two different apps? What are you on about now? Well, I'd have to have Spotify and then, like, I don't know, Google Play Music or whatever to read my library of stuff okay, that I have Okay, that's fine. But if you have an MP3 player, you've only got your library. So how's yeah. that? How's having both worse? Mate, I've got everything. I've got about 30,000 songs, Yeah, mate. fine. Then just put all that on your phone all and right. don't use Spotify. There's not enough room. Well, There's I only 80 gig on this phone. Showing off. Just get a big... Just get more storage. I don't want to do that. More I've, I've got 31,000 songs. More storage. What do you What do you guys think of Underdogs as a first sort of single release? As store, a free download? Store more. Yep. Um, <sighs> say it again. I got... <laughs> What do you guys think of Underdogs as like the first taste of Send Away the Tigers? Um, I don't think it's representative of the album okay, as much Lucas, as other you, ones do you agree would with that? be. Um, Lucas is desperately trying to remember which one Underdogs is. Yeah, it's not one that's. It's not. Oh no! Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's clicked. Uh, it's fine. It's. Well, it's. It, I wouldn't say it's not that representative. It was uh, released to poor reviews and complaints from fans. That will <laughs> which... explain something that happens <laughs> later, which I found out. There. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll get into that uh, when we do the track by track. But I think their main problem with it uh, was was that it's shit. Wait, are we doing a track uh, by track? Not. Well, we'll get to it later. No, this episode though. Oh yeah, yeah. we I'm will not do a track the by album. track. No, nope, you never. That do. is a problem. Yeah. So you've just heard Underdogs because <laughs> you remembered that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. It's gonna be a weird track by track. Um oh. they created a video uh from like their their old videos, so it looks like they're singing the new lyrics. It's like all edited from their old videos. Now it's could be like cool. That sounds lazy. <laughs> uh well, yeah, a little bit. But it also they had some fan submissions uh edited in there as well. So that is like feeder even lazier. Yeah. Like feeder did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Um and it also gets released as like a one-sided vinyl as like a limited edition thing. But but the first because they're still proper... needing the cash. Yeah, exactly. The first proper single is indeed "Your Love Alone." It's not enough. Not enough. Uh, not enough. Which was released on April twenty third. Um, this is such a weird era for charts, right? Because it's released on April twenty third, at which point it charts at twenty six. Because it hasn't been released physically yet. That's right. just from downloads. Because you'd have like the digital release and then the physical release. Because we're still, still in that But they were weird... still the same chart. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're still the same chart now, but no one, no one releases CDs. Is there even a chart now? How does that even work now? Is it who gets the most streams on Spotify? Because presumably that's like some Taylor Swift song from 2012. Probably. Yeah, you do. You get a much more varied chart now. It's not just new releases. That's like weird. the album chart at number 15 this week um, is the greatest hits of Queen. Guys, um, I think we need to get Rage Against the Machine to number one at Christmas. That's just an idea I've just had. That's a good. It's a great idea. Yeah. Which which song? Coachella. The song Coachella. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Okay. That's Is that Christmassy? Yeah. It's very... Yeah. Definitely right. a Rage Against the Machine song too. Sure. That's not a festival. Nope. Okay. It's, no. a, it's a Rage Against the Machine song. Definitely. The Rage Against the Machine <laughs> song, Reading Festival 2004. No. Nope. Yeah, the song. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Lucas yeah. is pretty happy to put a lot of money and 
personal sort of standing on this. Um, Guys, it's an audio slave song. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't, I that was also called Cochise. I got. Oh, it's called Cochise. <laughs> Coachella is a freaking festival, Lucas. <laughs> oh, mate, you're allowed to swear, Steve. We were freaking. Have you up. have you had your son round recently, Steve? <laughs> no, I haven't seen him for two weeks, and I'm sad. Oh no, I'm sorry. Oh God. Um, but anyway, when it when it is physically released, uh, it it does peak at number two. Which is like pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, your love alone is not enough. When a chart for a good single Go stopped. On. When is when is the point at which you chart not really a thing that anyone gives a shit about anymore? Do people uh, care now? I think so. Yeah, there, there's quite a uh, there's a large Twitter movement to get the James Dean Bradfield solo album Even in Exile to number one. People are just sticking it on stream all day. Yeah, which is what Adam does to his music to make sure he gets yeah. his penny a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah so that's cool. right. And like the electricity used doing that obviously is less money. Than yeah, sure. He He's yeah. done the maths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's obviously yeah, done the maths. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm absolutely like, I'm rinsing the system. <laughs> um, It stays in the charts for 10 weeks. Do you care about chart shit, actually? That, that's, that makes it sound like you don't no, care about chart I, shit. I just think it's interesting because um, they didn't do particularly, like, get to number two after, well, the solo albums we, we know about. Um, one did better than the other. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. But um, even even then, the singles were like in the twenties, weren't they, or something? Yeah, and like even like I didn't think Lifeblood did particularly well. Although I'm trying to think of the singles uh, they, off that. I think well, uh, no, both of the singles got to number two. Oh, okay. Um, but the album only got to like number thirteen. Lifeblood did very well. It got the "Do You Love Us" seal of approval. Yeah, it's very get the true. Seal of approval. If only we'd the been back then. Uh, Steve, it stays in the charts for 10 weeks, and it was released in April, so. but it actually charted for two weeks uh, in August of that year as well, in sort of like the the the, the high 90s. Oh, remember the 90s? Yeah. No, not... Oh. It didn't chart in the 90s. Gonna... It charted at, like, the position Well, we don't know where the, the Manics were in time in their That's little time-travelling well adventures have, in this era. It may well have charted in the <laughs> 90s, actually. I'd yeah. have to go back and have a look. Okay, sure. Um, it is definitely, like, a hit, which is no doubt helped by sort of, like, having Nina Pearson on the uh, on the track. Thank uh, you, because I didn't know how to pronounce her second name, and I'm so glad you said it because I thought it was Person. <laughs> it so... may well be. I'm just putting a bit of spice on it Ooh, yeah. to sort of make sure. Um, Nikki was quoted as saying as it brought in loads of new fans because they thought Nina was in the band. Which was great oh. uh, because they'd start with your love alone is not enough, and by the end of the week they'd be listening to archives of pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they spend most of the time in between albums uh, recording, either like touring their solo albums, or or recording "Send Away the Tigers," which is released on May seventh, two thousand and seven. It's mm. ten tracks long, thirty eight minutes long, including the hidden track. Such a decent length. It's Lovely. produced by. Dave Erringer, Greg Haver, and Loz Williams. Uh, it's mixed by Chris Lord Algie, who's a bit of a legend. He did a lot of uh, Green Day's albums and is one of the Lord Algie brothers. Uh, there's three of them. Uh, you might know Tom Lord Algie, Lucas, because I think he's done a lot of mixing and some production for me. Yes. The, the, <laughs> I definitely know. And your face says that you do. The artwork uh, is uh, all of the artwork for this era are photos taken from a book 
by Valerie Phillips called Monica Monster, Future First Women on Mars, which had come out like two years previous and it features two teenage girls in angel devil costumes yeah. in front of the Brooklyn Bridge. Is it the Brooklyn Bridge? Brooklyn yes, it's in New York City. New York City. Um, there's a quote on the inside, which is, when a man is young, he is usually a revolutionary of some kind. So here I am speaking my revolution, which is a quote from Wyndham Lewis, who's an English writer, painter, founder of the Vorticist art movement, which actually comes up on Ascender by the Tiger's B-side. Um, I think that that quote kind of sums up the youthful intent of the album the album to me seems to be let's get back to it and let's have a little reset you know and <laughs> some that, that of it feels sense. a little bit like a midlife crisis <laughs> because they're like 38 39 at this point and making like a rock record is a bit like buying a sports car i guess so you know what i mean <laughs> don't no don't do this to me <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely like euphoric and sort of youthful and and fun. I think very fun. on the whole. Ugh. Oh right, sorry. Uh, I, so, you just said it's fun on the whole, and I ugh. well, it can be. <laughs> General thoughts on send away the tigers. The mandatory breaches eight. It's fun. It's back to anthemic, big big choruses. It's great. That's that's fact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's just um, it's just a good fun rock album. Like whether like whether you dislike that or not, that's true. It's got solos. It's got ridiculous drums. Fun. I mean, there's much less experimentation on this record. It's very by the book in terms of like structure of song. Yeah. And, like, you don't see the, the kind of experimentation that we saw on Lifeblood or Know Your Enemy or or really even This Is My Truth. There isn't any disco on this one. Sorry, Lucas. No disco. Disc no. Um, <laughs> but it does definitely kind of feel like they're making a, a this is what we do. We're coming home back to our roots. Yeah. Sort of. That, that seems like the intention behind that. It's weird that, though, because they haven't really... They say go back to like what they do, but they've changed a lot. That what is like, what is what they do? What is default Manix? Yeah, really. I think a lot of people probably class default Manix as as everything must must go. go, Slash, this is my truth. Yeah, strings and rock guitars and 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 this is closer to that than it is to. Is it them going the first three albums? What kind of got us the most success and money? Oh, that. Let's do that. <laughs> but Well, no, because that would be This Is My Truth. That is the truth. But, like, I saw this described <laughs> as, as like, everything must go meet Generation Terrorists, but yeah. nah. Where's the Generation Terrorist bit, apart from there's a bit more guitar? Well, I think that the, they, they do have that kind of... Electric guitar much solos. More, yeah, like, lots of guitar solos. It's a bit more bombastic. It's a lot... Like, bits of this are sillier than the last three albums that they've heard. And we haven't really heard heard Missy Roper Disco Dancer. Have you heard Imperial Body Bags? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, you know, like a lot of Know Your Enemy is quite serious. And this seems like they sort of like... (laughs) And this this feels like they sort of like were loosening up a little bit. I don't know, perhaps being Mm. a bit more instinctual. Um, Or is that them tightening up? Because instead of experimenting, they're just going, let's do what people know us for. 
Yes, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a degree of that. I mean, um, we'll kind of we'll get into the reviews or the, or the reception of the album after we've been through it ourselves. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, when this came out, what what were you guys up to? What year was this? Sorry, it's very tight. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas is just so excited to talk about this album that he wore himself out before the recording. Now he's knackered. What, what, what year is this? Uh, 2007. What was I doing? It comes out about a month before we completely finished college. So like May, like May 2007. Yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was deep into my first love. That sounds very bad. I was, <laughs> I was smoking I was, I was, ganja. I was experiencing my first love. Uh, that's nice. Uh, also, smoking or is it ganja? Yeah, <laughs> ganja. But... Yeah. ganja, the devil's lettuce. <laughs> uh, I was probably listening to a lot of uh, Black Holes and Revelations by Muse. Sure, yeah. that had come out. Uh, yeah, did that come out in 2007? Yeah, no, 2006. 2006. No, 2006. And then that summer we saw them at the old Wembo. So we probably did. Do, probably Wembo. doing a lot of, probably doing a lot of listening to them. Probably wasn't doing a lot of listening to Send Away the Tigers. I probably was. Probably not. I was. Yeah, we were. Yeah, <laughs> I was we, listening. I, we were in I was probably listening to a lot of indie music as well because the, my first love was liked all that. You like mm. And so I also listened to, to that because CJ. that's what happens when you're a teenager. You like the kooks. And going to the seaside. I don't want to read me by what to be. Um, I mean, yeah, this was the end of college for me, and I didn't have a place at uni yet, and I was planning to go travelling like on a gap year, and just felt like that kind of thing where you have like the world at your feet, and I was going through a bit of a troubling breakup. So this album was like it. It was like a way of life, this album. <laughs> I was uh, very much not having the world at my feet thing, thinking all my friends are going to university and yeah. I have no idea what I want to do. And everyone's going away and they're going to have this amazing time and I might, I don't know, go work at Asda. Why so, didn't you go to university? Why didn't I go to university? Um, because I was sick of um, education. Not that you should. Not to say, by the way, that anyone yeah. should go to yeah. university. And uh, there's nothing I really wanted to do, so I didn't want to go and waste, like... Well, you um... should have done the rest of us did and waste a load of money doing a stupid DOS course, like me and Adam. And <laughs> yeah, we, exactly we both what did film studies. Yeah, yeah, just study film. Yeah. Like, that's worth 18 grand of debt. The mm. stuff I learned at university, though, you know, did, did, did set me up for life. None of it was from the course I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> but like living on your own, and, yeah, yeah, you know, for the first time, and moving to like, you know, I, I moved to London, and and yeah, was, you know, there's a lot more about university than just the course you're doing. I think, unless you're doing like a STEM sort of field, in which case, do buckle down. <laughs> I do remember a lot of us driving around that summer, Adam, in your Nissan Micra. Oh my! In your little green Nissan Micra, Brit- British racing green. Um, what was, was it? The color Didn't it have it. a big, a pink sticker on the back? It was like the Passion version. That said of... Passion. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was the Nissan Micra Passion. <laughs> uh, listening to this album a lot, and we'd already seen them once by this point, right? Oh, it was um, constantly on in my car, and, and I was constantly in my car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I just learned to drive. I was driving around everywhere, and like. We were in a band, and uh, like yeah. we were just cool as fuck. And I was going to clubs and hanging out with friends. Guys, you were not cool as fuck. This just soundtrack like that, that whole summer, which means that this album is like unavoidably tinged in nostalgia for yeah. me. 
Same. Um, there's like two big albums that year, and it's this and In Rainbows. Both came both came out this year. In Rainbows was right at the end of the year, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, it was in October. Yeah, I remember I was at uni. So, so the, the uni. summer was sort of sandwiched by Send Away the Tigers and In Rainbows. How much did you pay for In Rainbows? Did you pay a fair amount? I got I got the disc box, so I paid forty quid. All right. Did you take that it for was, free? Yeah. That was no. I paid. I think uh, to anyone wondering what the hell I mean, you could pay what you wanted for that album. That yeah. was a fun little thing. Cool. Well, we should uh, maybe talk about this a different time. I think I paid a tenner. A cool. tenner. That's that's like a yeah. That's how much you pay for music. Yeah. Yeah, and the fun thing is, if they hadn't done that little thing, I probably would have just pirated it. <laughs> But you wanted to support the brave. But they like you know the it, it, was, it was like good. It was clever because yeah. I felt then the want to pay them money because I didn't have to pay them money. <laughs> it's good. Apparently they made a lot of money off of doing the release. That probably because it's one of the best albums ever made. <laughs> well, yeah, that helps. Radiohead. You know? We're still talking about um, the Tigers, right? Yeah, we are. Um, Steve, what, what's your sort of recollection of listening to this album around that time? It was that Does it again. Hold a lot of nostalgia. For it you? is, but it, like that summer, I, it was just sort of tinged with this complete uncertainty for me. So I was very much trying to escape into uh, music and going out, and like we were going to parties all the time. Um, so it was the end of maybe it wasn't as many house parties that summer. Well, we, were able, we were able to go out and drink. Yeah, we were yeah, able to go. Exactly. We could go out to. Well, we went down Rhino, mate. I wouldn't have been Rhino 18 and then. fucking unit, mate. Rhino and you. Oh yeah, you were late to the game. We were going yeah. out with you. We were going out oh, without you. We loads. Yeah. We had some great out. nights oh, out without Steve. I remember my 18th birthday. God. We went to the Giddy Bridge had in the middle of town. So many great nights before August 30th, 2007. Yeah. On my my 18th, we all went to the Giddy Bridge. We spent ages walking all the way down to Unit 22, which is at the end of the pier by the Red Funnel. Oh, the old Such unit. Such a was... long walk. Oh, the old unit. And though, was we got so there good. and it was closed. Oh. Oh. That was my 18th birthday. Hooray! Happy birthday. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and it was that kind of, I don't know what I want to do in my life uh, summer, really. It's a weird one for me. However, does, does listening to this album now bring that back? But no, it doesn't, or? because, it, it again, like, we escaped into, like, we were playing the band a lot, so it reminds me of all, all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it gives nice memories, but I'm I'm quite good at just pretending the past was all incredible as we have probably talked about right well, there's, yeah. a, there's a line in this album that really is that <laughs> oh is it yeah, hmm. okay. i mean this album has nostalgia written all over it like regardless of of mine yeah this album could be anything in it because steve is so driven by nostalgia it would be steve's favorite album of all time because, <laughs> Adam, because he listened to it in the past it's got it written all over it because you got your sharpie out and just ruined that artwork i have been doing that it just says nostalgia again yeah, and again and again and again, again if you'd asked me at the time I was so deep in my Manix fandom. I think I went to see them two or maybe three times on this tour. If you'd asked me at the time, I would have told you this album was probably a stone cold 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Easy. Best album. I, You know, one of my favourite albums of all time. Have you at this point gone back? Obviously, you got into them around Lifeblood, right? Yeah, so this was the fir- this was the first one that I was like, right, I'm getting this on day of release. Yeah, yeah. Had you gone and- back though at this point and done the whole discog? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was fully up to date. I was so this is probably the the peak of my Manix fandom. It is really to send away the time. And you considered this their best album, or was that just when it came new? out? Because new. When it came out, ten out of ten. Oh, life changing. Ten out of ten. Life changing. Honestly, I still consider this a life changing album, even if I don't necessarily give it a ten out of ten. Although we'll we'll see. Mm. We will see. Um. Let's talk about nostalgia because I hate it. Oh man! Um, I am all about sort of 
pushing things forward. So I don't like a lot of music that deliberately weaponizes oh, nostalgia, you know which I is why that. I don't. It's why I don't like Star Wars. Um, so it's been interesting to sort of look back on this album that makes me feel that way organically. Because although there is a thread of what I would call weaponized nostalgia through this album, it, it makes me feel that way organically. Just because most of, of it the time is real that nostalgia. Because... Yeah, exactly. But I don't necessarily like looking back at even my own life. <laughs> like... If you could weaponize nostalgia, and I would shoot myself in the face with it and end everything there. That's how I'd go. And your final image when you died would just be you on a beach. Oh, this yeah. is me. Oh, with a girl. A bonfire. With, a with, with a few mates. But like, that's the girl over there, the other side of the campfire, who I fancied for a while. And she looks at me, and there's a little glance. Yeah, it's, a, it's a beer advert, yeah. So I've seen, I've seen the beer advert, oh, okay, Steve. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, Steve, have you I ever mean, been on a bonfire on a beach? Have I been on a bonfire? I'd, I'd love to I think put I Steve have, on a bonfire. Actually, <laughs> I think I've jumped into one on a bit of cardboard have, before and then jumped off. Have you ever <laughs> sat around a bonfire hmm? on a beach in your real life? Yeah. Yeah, back in like the 60s in America when I lived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> this t- this time for me, like 2007, was a rough breakup, and uh, our friend was ill, and this album was there for both of those things, and it is a very I- important album uh, in my life. Um, I I have some reservations about it. We'll get into it. I think um, it is this album is. Uh, it's Jurassic Park. You mean like back um, of the net? It, it's Jurassic Park, and that's all I'm willing to say about that. Oh, fine. Uh, at this moment, okay. Um, do we want to start Jack and Akinori? There it is. Yes, do we want to start the track by track? Okay. Lucas, do you want Lucas? Do you want to start the track by track? I've got loads to say about me listening to this album at the time, though. I can only. Oh, yeah. As you know, I can only start the track by track if all three of us turn our keys at the same time. Oh yeah, uh, but I've got right. I've got so much to say about this. Okay, sorry, Lucas, go on then. So on. like I I saw your lover's known as uh, your love alone is not enough yeah. on it's like known. MTV two, and like saw that a few times and yeah. thought it was a song. And oh yeah, that yeah. All right, Were you aware of that keys. song? Yeah, insert the keys. Insert the Were keys. you aware of that song when it came out, Lucas? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can picture the video. They're on a stage. It's just a boring. We're on a stage video. Yeah, like is. yeah, I was aware of this song. You're wrong. This was like yeah, 2007. That's like peak. You fucking stick on MTV two. You flip between yeah. MTV two, Kerrang, Scuzz, P Rock, and that was a, that was a big P-Rock. single as well. I, yeah, it was a big single. I actually remember a conversation you and I had. It was very brief, but you did say to me the new Manic single is so tradish. And that circles back because the riff, the meow now 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 now, is tradish. And I compared it to a riff on a previous Manic song on a previous episode. I have no idea what song it was. Ready for drowning. Yeah. Described it as tradish. Fifteen years. I still remember the music channel numbers. Kerrang was four five four. Four four five was MTV two. Four six one was P Rock. Four seven four was Scuzz. Four seven one. Fuck off. Fuck. You're like. You're right. And four five three was Q. Nice. Because that I was like your backup. Mm, I didn't yeah. have Sky or cable. Shut up, peasant. Sounds like your sounds like your parents <laughs> didn't love you. Right. Let's turn the keys. <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one. Unlock.
Send Away the Tigers, the opening track from the album of the same name. Which is... It's... It's a bit of a banger. Is it? Is it a hot badger? Is it? It is a great song. I think it's a great song. Can I interest you in this? Yeah. That was a that, guitar that guitar. It wasn't a little Meow. tiger. It wasn't a tiny little yeah. tiger on the track. It might be. I think that's a banger. We'll find out. Uh, great. Back to anthems, back to like soaring choruses, or should I say roaring choruses because it's tigers. I thought you were going to say soruses. I thought you were going to say mooring choruses. I don't understand why you'd say that. Um, Um, It opens with like an organ sound. It opens with like an organ sound as well, which sounds like it's going to be lifeblood. Yeah. Like esque. And then they go, "Uh, no, 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 no. (laughs) And you get like that little chugging and then they're. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a cool way to open the album. Lucas, what do you think of this song? I think it is. Good. <laughs> Excellent. <Ooh. laughs> That's a hot take. I just it's like the a, clean, simple not, structure of it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's one of the. It's one of the stronger songs on this album. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Good anthemic. Great. Not great. Good. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> like the solos, licky. I'd describe it as licky. I like the. Yeah. It's licky. It, that There's no other way is... to describe that guitar bit than like soaring. I'd say licky. I think. Okay, well you'd it's say licky. licky wire. And straight away you can hear that James has got like a bit of a rougher sort of more rock voice, and Which he's fitting in more lyrics. Appreciate. He's fitting in more lyrics than he was on Lifeblood. Yeah, I like um, his voice on Lifeblood though. Yeah, his voice on Lifeblood's amazing, but he has such a versatile voice. Like it still sounds really great. I think. Um, I mean, just because something's versatile doesn't mean you should mix it up a lot. I think you should. It's an instrument. I think I think you should. Yeah, <laughs> I think I and I think you. I don't think you really think that, Lucas. I think that you think if someone could do numerous things, they shouldn't. Just because you can do a lot with chicken, <laughs> yep, doesn't mean you should do a lot. You, every, you should just have plain chicken. I disagree. I have mine medium rare. Just a bit. Oh dear. <laughs> what? I actually, I actually had some rare chicken in Tokyo. Uh, how rare was it? Was there like, uh, like only five was, copies? Like it was like it was like you know, at, at home you would go, well, that's nowhere near cooked. <laughs> yep. But because you're in a different country, you're just like, well, that must be how they eat it. <laughs> that's here. how it happens here. <laughs> I guess I will eat it. Next stop, uh, food poisoning. Um, there's also like a ton more sort of references in the lyrics here than we're than we're sort of used to for having done lifeblood. Um, back to back to manix classic manix yeah we are kind of back to what some would consider classic manix send away the tigers is a phrase suicide yeah pretty much send away the tigers is a phrase used by british comedian tony hancock to refer to his depression and alcoholism so he would drink to send away the tigers um and the line in this song um things have gone wrong too many times is sort of cribbed from tony hancock's suicide note um so even when they sound happy, the Manics are still, like, fucking miserable. I seem to remember, <laughs> either you've told me or I read this, that, like, Nicky and Richie were very much fans of him. And wasn't... Tony Hancock? Yeah. Um, Have you told I don't, me that? I don't know. I don't know. I read Genius the... Lyrics says it well, it was. Yeah? Isn't there something... Oh, maybe that's where I read it. And there's something about that Richie said he's the only comedian who ever made him laugh. Oh, right. Okay. 
That sounds like something Richie would say. That sounds like a very sort of like, <laughs> this is the way it is and there's no changing my mind on something. The idea that only one comedian ever made him laugh is, yeah, uh, yeah that's that sounds about right. Um, there's also references in there to the Baghdad Zoo. Uh, the zoo's been overrun in Baghdad, which is likely a reference to the bombing of Iraq in 2003. Because okay. then the people who worked at the zoo were too scared to go to the zoo and feed all the animals. And after eight days of the 800 animals in the zoo, 35 had survived. Jesus. Which, to me, sort of... Um, to sort of look at the the analysis behind that or the meaning behind that it, it makes me think of like how depression is like sort of just slowly starving to death in a cage and is caused by things that are entirely out of your control and that links into sending away yeah the tigers. send away the tigers so i just i you know we've we've been over many times that i like when the manics do a big anthemic rock song and it's about you know depression and suicide and all these dark sort of things <laughs> but you don't like you stole the sun uh no i don't because it's uh boring um <laughs> how do you think this then sets up the album lucas uh it sets up that the album's going to be better than it subsequently ends up being <laughs> Okay, that's interesting. So you think it comes out really strong out of the gate, and then sort strong, of strong, strong. Don't don't go <laughs> too hard. don't go too hard. Put <laughs> words in his mouth. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's Manix. They always start strong. I'm pretty sure every album's got a good first song, hasn't it? They're um, pretty good at an opener. And yeah, first that's five songs, true. and then they trail off. Mm, um, no, yeah, not the I case actually... with this album. Not the case with this album, though. No, it's not. I think that actually this album's pretty. It's fairly consistent. It's actually. fairly level, I would, isn't it? I wouldn't say it's level. I'd say it has ups and downs. But unlike some of the earlier albums, those ups and downs are you know across the whole album instead of the first half yeah. being much better than the second half. I think that's aided by the length of it. Oh, guys, it's a like, really good length. <laughs> I mean, you can listen to it in yeah. my journey to work. Yeah, you Lovely. can. I mean, if you if, if you if you if you take off the hidden track, it's like thirty five minutes long, which I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... you sent me this album, and I then proceeded to listen to the wrong version and only heard the the, the main ten tracks. Right. Yeah. Most I mean, it is. It is oh. That's the version that appears on the on the uh, on Spotify as well. Ten tracks um, is a lovely number. It is, but then I I think this album's a bit short. Yeah, that's the thing. It also depends on what you want. Like, like I'm happy this album's short because it's digestible. I can get into it and listen to it, which is helpful for the podcast that I am a part of. <laughs> but if a, f- a band that may be a favourite of mine, you want I'd be like, three I'd be like give me more. No, make it two hours long. What are you talking about? No, make it 22 tracks. <laughs> and that's what we <laughs> thought, that's what we thought our fans wanted and we made each episode three hours long. Yeah. And then you get a generation terrorist <laughs> and realise that that's not what you want. It's not what you want. No. no. I just think it's long, that maybe it? like... It's too long. Maybe an extra track. Maybe just one extra track. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, um, I think it's that's a good. I think I think that's a good start to the album, and I think it sets up the album nicely. You kind of, I think you know what you're going to get Fun, once you've rock. heard that opening track. Yeah. Fun, rock. Now, unfortunately, before, on the second track, now, Adam, <laughs> okay, before go we go yes. into the next track, yeah. I've made a prediction. Yeah, they're all going to make the same joke, 
but we might not. Okay. About this song. And if we haven't, that's fine. But I'm going to do it after three. And I want to see if anyone joins in. Before the song. Just like, what do... about, you know, just introducing this song. It's okay. just going to be me. Okay. With the opening okay. line. One, okay, you go. two, three. This one's for Adam. Are you going to say a joke at any point? Oh, it's the freaks, isn't it? This one's for the freaks For you're so beautiful For all the devotion Red and in your soul this one's for the freaks For the last and weak For the butterflies and devotees And the disciples of our destiny So what I was doing at the start, before that, so what I was doing is I was just sort of saying that Adam, I was, I was just calling Adam a freak. Um, right, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this song is directly yeah. sort of about, it's about and to fans of the Manics, I suppose. Well, so it's, I, I, I had an assumption about this album that I think... I just don't appreciate yeah. the fact that you guys didn't laugh at my little joke. I th- it's fine. I it's fine. think... Some of us trying to make a point here, Steve. <laughs> oh my God. I think that little, little emo Steve... Little soppy <laughs> seventeen-year-old Steve, floppy head. Yeah, I yeah. bet you were well. Like this song's about me for the underdogs and the freaks. Underdogs. Yeah, that's me because I'm so hard done by. Because like, <laughs> oh, this song's for the freaks. It yeah. Sucks for me because I dyed my hair black and painted my nails. Yeah, was that is that a, is that a, a good read? Was that you when you were first hearing this when you were a young? No, this is my read of the song at the time. <laughs> it's for the freaks. That's funny. Ah, uh, okay. I yeah, really I, I didn't. I didn't read into really respond to this. I pre- I probably pretended I was quite deep and like, but like actually, I don't. No, I didn't read into lyrics or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really have to read into these lyrics, though. No, it's literally like yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, freaks, these are and then little seventeen-year-olds can go yeah, yeah. like me. Um, but I think I think a lot of the fans actually ended up not appreciating that they were being referred them. to as freaks. Yeah, and then there's that weird line at the end: "People like you need to fuck, need to fuck people like me." Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> well, like, I just, right. This is my reading to that: is that we should we should make more <laughs> quote alternative people and fuck each other if we both okay. wear eyeliner. I think that's just them going back to like their generation terrorists. What, you of, love us, you need to. We'll fuck just us. say whatever, and who cares if it's offensive, sort of thing. Yeah, that is a kind of a you love us sort of line, actually, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like Steve's just proven my read right that when he, when he when we're talking about freaks, Steve assumed it's people who are quote alternative and dye their hair black and wear eyeliner. Well, that's Absolutely. what he's saying. Yeah, but, 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 but Steve people... wasn't one like 
I don't think, Steve, you were that familiar with this album at the time, were you? No, that I would like yeah. going to lyrics and stuff, no. Um, what, what, what do we think of this song? Do you know what? I don't think it starts out off nice. I like the little rim shots. Yeah. On the yeah. verses. I like that the chorus starts with a drum roll for like the first quarter. Um, and then it cuts into the 4-4 drum beat. It's really satisfying when that happens. Do you know which bit I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I like the... And then it's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, really cool. And there's like a catchy chorus. I think it's a catchy chorus. I don't okay. love the song. I... Um, I don't think it's the best one on the album by any means, but I think it fits the album perfectly fine. I think it's a good second track. Okay. Don't rate. Lucas, don't rate. Don't rate. I tell you what I do like though. Don't rate. May me. you stay like freaks. He does a little like, he does a little like the second Just tweaks verse. it. He does tweaks a little, it a little like, bit. Little like extends it. Yes, I know exactly fun. what you mean. Just, just a little, just a little tweak. Little just, extender. Uh, just, just tweaks it. So yeah. this yes, song. It's yeah. an extender. This song for me. And one bit of the song in particular that listeners to the podcast will probably be ahead of me on sort of unlocks my feelings on this whole album, which is that it's their laziest album. Oh, that's so weird. You're wrong. And era. <laughs> so and, weird, because you're like the one who... Oh, my God. And era in general. Right. The second chorus is extended. Do you remember that? Yeah, I yeah. So, there's, there's a thing that happens later in this album, which is very, very much. Anyway, and, carry on. And, and then it goes. So, so, so they do the um, and like the underdogs, we are passing like some fading stars. And then on the first chorus, that's where the chorus ends. Uh, on the second chorus, it goes. This one's for the freaks. Banana now, 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 now. Yeah, you know that the second chorus is yeah. longer. Okay. Um, listen to the first chorus again. But imagine it's the second chorus and tell me if you can hear this edit. I remember you showing me this at the time. He goes, there's a little breath. That, like he's going to start. No, it, it's yeah. not, not, not just a oh, breath. It? It's literally him going. Now. How does that happen? Uh, they, like, they do what I did on my little song I've recorded with you and gone, that ver- that version was better. Let's just copy-paste. They copy and paste it. Yep. It's lazy. And it's such an easy fix. Like, like it's either laziness or it's a deliberate choice, but I don't get the computations you'd have to go through to make that a conscious choice. To go, do you know what? I so, think it sounds really good if I say half a word there. Yeah. So, bigger question is it, when bands record songs, yeah. will they use, will the chorus be literally the same take as the chorus prior, or will they sing it and again? Sometimes. Sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. So, this, Here's this my seems kickback to on be. This, okay, go on is that even blockbuster movies, which have millions and millions of dollars pumped into them, yeah. still have, like, I don't know, Troy, when the aeroplane's flying over the top. Or yes, Gladiator, sure. for some reason I'm going in men in skirts, um, <laughs> has, you can see the gas canister on the, the horse cart. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Mistakes are going to happen even on, like, big products. It doesn't necessarily mean that's lazy. It just means that... 
I think copying and pasting a whole chorus and editing it halfway through is pretty lazy. I think you're lazy and, and bastard. But especially <laughs> if, like, because I think it's just symptomatic of using, like, Pro Tools and how easy it is to use, like, digital audio workstations. And I know Greg spoke about Know Your Enemy B-Sides still being recorded on tape. And it was a big talking point that the next album, Jennifer Play Glovers, was recorded on tape. They were going back to tape. Which means that this is a Pro Tools digital audio workstation album. You can chop things up and move them around wholesale and whatever you like. And I'm assuming that that's what happened here. But having worked with digital audio workstations, I know that you can trim the vocals separately to everything else. And it takes 30 seconds. I don't think they left it in and went, that'll do. I think they did. (laughs) And I'm not saying... They all sat around the table and went, hold on a minute... are we fine with that? No, I think they notice. didn't. I think they didn't hear it and didn't. They couldn't see the forest for the trees. Yeah, and and couldn't and weren't kind of almost maybe you know I, making a massive assumption here. Maybe weren't paying enough attention to catch it. If you assume you make an ass out of you and me, Adam, that's true. But you know, is that what happened? Was it copied and pasted? Was it a Pro Tools thing? It is Jurassic Park, and we'll come on to that later. Um, there was a definite sort of backlash from fans, which I think Adam doesn't like Jurassic Park. I think his whole take is going to be that it's. I fucking love Jurassic Park. It's what are you on about, Lucas? Favorite films of all time. Um, so wait, so does it having dinosaurs in it automatically make it good? Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> What a stupid fucking question. <laughs> to be clear, that is not the sole reason that I think this is one of their laziest albums. It's just symptomatic of it at the moment, okay? Sean Moore, the drummer of the Manics, I don't know if we've mm. talked about him before. Um, I also don't think we've given him enough credit on has, any of these albums. Because that's he's true. He's a great he, yeah, drummer. He is My incredible. God, he well, is also a machine. musician. Like, he we, writes, need to give him, we need to give him more credit. Yep. Yep, he writes a lot of like he like he write like writes a lot of the melodies and guitar parts and stuff. Like he is, you know, he does a lot of the music with James. But he dismissed the backlash of this from fans as being like, well, you know, like what do you want? It's a free download, and that's yeah. fine. But you put it on your album, <laughs> <laughs> so even that excuse is just sort of a bit of a lazy excuse. That I explains think. why they replace it in the. Yeah, I mean, the uh, yeah, so jumping ahead on the 10th anniversary edition, um, they replace they just suck it off. Yeah, what makes me laugh is on that 10th anniversary edition, there's an underdogs demo. Yeah, they don't actually even bother to remaster underdogs and put the original version on the 10th anniversary. There's a demo, and that's it. Does Um, that have no, it doesn't. It's a better version, it's a better version. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that song then is the underdog of Send Away the Tigers. Oh, that's very good, <laughs> Lucas. You're just like, don't rate. It's like, I just it's just one of those. It's, it's whatever. Just one of those. I hate it. Um, Got a lot to come of that. Here we go with. Uh, I mean, I think you know what can you say about it? Just a bit of a stone cold fucking belter. Yeah.
They said the thing from the other song. They said the thing from the other song. They said the thing from the other song. Yeah, they do that about six or seven times, which we'll get into in a second. I was going to say it happens a few times on this album. They reference uh, other... In this song. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'm yeah, interested yeah. to hear that. There is another reference in another song to another song off a different album. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, um, it was Nina... a shame we couldn't listen to that entire song then, because what a joy. It's what a, what a fun and catchy little ditty. You, wasn't single. that a ditty, Adam? It's a ditty. What a ditty! It's, a sing- it's such a single. Lucas, oh. say ditty. It was like a huge success as well. Like I, I think this song, like basically single-handedly revitalized their whole career. <laughs> yeah, I totally. I mean, agree. I knew it. I knew this one. So yeah, exactly. This is one know. of like the three that you knew. It's yeah. got a cool solo. It's got strings, Lucas. It's got strings, lovely strings. And fucking Nina Pearson is amazing. She. Their voices really mm. compliment they blend and then perfectly and then nikki's ruins the whole song no oh, i okay, think you're right. wrong this is my no, take adam it really ruins remember, it do you remember back when we used to drive around your little greenish and micro um micro but, passion oh passion <laughs> passion passion you used to you used to have that opinion that nikki's I vocal on this the ruined the whole song and that he his voice is really bad and it's hilarious and doesn't it ruin Steve, it? Steve, you still have that opinion. You were listen saying that to about like, a to song me, of his like three head. weeks ago. <laughs> listen to me. I'm trying to speak about the fucking great album here. Is he listening, Adam? He's listening. These he's, he's cupping his, vocals. His hands. Oh, he's taking his headphones his off. He's gone. He's leaving. <laughs> he's leaving. <laughs> um, right. I've said a lot about Nicky's voice. This is very good in comparison. <laughs> he's in tune yeah. and it sounds good. He's not and James I... Dean Bradfield or Nina Pearson, but... He's what? Yeah, and it ruins it. <laughs> they, their voices really like complement each other. They've got really like, I don't know, there's a, sing- there's a similar quality about them. It's really nice. Like, when Nicky's one sings nice. a line and then the other sings a, ref- a, a refrain, is that what you would say? It's a call and I response, Lucas. They call and response. They really like, their voices really meld and complement one another. And then you get fucking Nicky Wire saying, I should have been on your lights. Or whatever the fuck he says, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> no, that was right. I yeah. should have told you. Rubbish. Uh, Look, rubbish. Nicky Wire Wrong. is nice. And him singing on this is nice. It's and nice. it's really nice. Isn't it nice that, that he's on one of their songs that revamped their career? Also, I say that like when there's a bit where... It's the same vocal bit with the two of them in another... Is it on a verse? 
and he's not in that bit. It's better. No, I miss him. Yeah, I miss him. I miss him so much it hurts sometimes. <laughs> Nicky's nice. What a nice he's giant He's lovely. Man. He's a big, lovely, giant, wonderful man. Who's yeah. turning me around to his weird and lovely voice. Yeah. That is the arc I don't want to podcast. hear him sing in this song. This is but, the start of him basically getting a vocal feature on every album from here on out. Good. That's fine, because I imagine... He'll probably feature on some worse songs where I don't care. Right. But this is like, <laughs> but this is like probably the best song on the album, and he yeah, and yeah, he yeah. just has that little bit where he just kind of brings it down. No, um, are you negativity to, out going... of the way from that, isn't it? A belter though. <laughs> it's a bloody belter. Yeah, it's a hot. Batter. Is it about? Is it about an unhappy relationship? Um, it you know it could be uh, the, the phrase "Your love alone is not enough" is the last line of a suicide note. Of a close friend of someone that the band knew. Another little fun fact. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. But a lot of the other lines, and I don't have the lyrics in front of me. Well, I was actually going to talk about the lyrics because Steve, you, you, well, you both noticed that they 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 reuse. You stole the sun from my heart. And that from one, my heart, from my heart. That used um, to really make me cringe when I first heard it. Like, oh, oh yeah, we get it. It's like, yeah, that song. We all go, okay. Like that's why I used to cringe at that again when mm. I was younger. Um. But I think it's kind of it's really cheesy, but I think the album's really cheesy, and they're kind of embracing yeah. that. And I was going to say like it's the... also one of a few references to their other lyrics from before. So I like the cheese to... when a band references their own lyrics, or or I don't know if the Manics ever do this, their own name. Oh yeah, I like. Well, we know that they do that because they reference Manic Street Preachers in Archives of Pain. Yeah. They list Manic Street Preachers amongst the lists of serial killers in the chorus. Yes. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, God, I like. I like ones. it. I like it when bands reference their own lyrics as well, or their own. It's like there's songs. a canon. To um, the band. It's a little wink. Remember? It is. Okay, but here's. <sighs> Here's a list of lyrical references in Your Love Alone Is Not Enough. Trade All Your Heroes In For Ghosts is a Pink Floyd lyric from Wish You Were Here. Did you trade all your heroes for ghosts? Uh, I Could Have Seen For Miles And Miles is from I Can See For Miles from The Who. Uh, You're As Blind As A Man Can Be is from Nowhere Man um, by... uh, Oh, I don't actually know that band. Apparently they were big in the 60s. your Eyes Stayed Blue is from Baby Blue by Badfinger. Could Have Places in Exile is likely a reference to Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones. That's pretty lazy. No. Write your own lyrics. Nope. <laughs> because at that point... It seems quite hard though, doesn't it? At that point, 50% of the song is lyrics from other people's songs. Or I mean, suicide notes. You, yeah. You two, you two have both written lyrics and like it's clear how difficult that clearly is. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I, you know, yeah. <laughs> still some. Uh, ab- absolute banger. Um, you know that sort of lyrical stuff aside. I'm not sure how I feel about those references to other people's songs. If you do it once or twice, I I quite like it. But that seems like overkill for one song. I don't think it matters on this album because it's just it's all about how it makes you feel. Steve was never going to be objective about this album. And how? I don't, know what you're on about. I don't think that's fair. I think Steve's been quite objective about this album. Um, no, I wasn't. How does that? <laughs> how does this song make you feel? Euphoric. Anthemic. Mm. It makes you feel anthemic. It makes me feel strings. It makes yeah. you feel as though you are an anthem. Yeah. It makes me feel strings. Lucas <laughs> is blaring out of speakers in front of lots of people. 
I mean, should we let? I mean, as I mean, long technically, as we are right now. Yeah. Um, as long as we're talking about um, lyrics that reference the band's past, why don't we then go to the next song, which is kind of a song that references an entire song from their past? Um, but they missed a song, though, didn't they? Go on. Well, so this is Indian Summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they've got Autumn Song. Yeah. yeah. And then they've got Winter Lovers. Yeah. yeah. And then there's so, the bonus track, Springtime for Hitler. So yeah, mi- Spring Onions. Yeah. So they've, mi- so they've missed one, haven't they? Well, I would argue that um, that seasonal theme is uh, is sort of continued through the, through the whole album. So you've got um, Indian Summer... Autumn song, winter lovers, and that this album is their rebirth. It is their spring. Oh, what a load yeah, of no, shit! That's great. That makes it no, so much better. No, yep. Just rename. <laughs> just rename. Your love alone is not enough. No, nah. your love alone is not enough in the springtime. And I'd be happy. <laughs> your love is known. Oh, is that God. in parentheticals? Yeah, in your love alone is not enough. Your love alone is not enough. Spring. Open bracket, yeah. <laughs> which is a, which is nearly ripping off another artist then as well because in the summertime. Excellent. Yeah, they could rip yeah. off so Mungo Jerry. You're almost Jerry. ripping off Mungo Jezza. <laughs> I used to work with his son. What Mungo Jerry's son? Yeah, Mungo Jerry's son. I used to work with him. You wouldn't think Mungo Jerry's son needs to work. Um, I, oh, I don't talk about his personal life. Okay, uh, yeah, no, I'm he sorry. does need to work. Okay, cool. And he, and he <laughs> and unfortunately, he <laughs> and he did, and he worked at the company at which I worked. So there we go. He no Proof longer works. That there. Mungo Jerry is a bastard who gives no money to his children. <laughs> for life mark two slash water down yes i would agree with that it's at this point of the album that i'm you know some of the reviews said that they were deliberately trying to retread former glories and it's at this point of the album maybe not at the time but looking back now i maybe start to see their point a little bit this is this is like a deliberate uh, attempt to kind of recapture a design for life i think you know what I don't like in a solo? Oh, I'm going to... I've got it written down. Go on. When the guitar solo is just the vocal melody played on a guitar. That's what I love. And I've written <laughs> it down. It's the verse... Do, do, do. 
Love it. It's cheesy. It's cheesy. This album's cheesy. But it's only it's only for the first half because then it goes into the higher bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care that it's like a design for like they're trying to recapture it because it's fun and it's cheesy. I mean, it helps it's that it's got it helps it's got a bit of stringage. Yeah, sure, that helps. And and, and the fact that the guitar and the string line um, play the same mm, the same yeah. thing in the build up to the chorus. Like it's cool. It's mm. it's good, but again, is uh, the strings don't elevate it to mm. the the heights that some of the other string based songs reach. Yeah, mm. I'd probably agree with that. It's also nostalgia city. When the time lost its certainty. Well, it uses the word summer. That's why yeah. Steve immediately gets a fucking the lob summer on. Summer that. <laughs> <laughs> what a lob on a summer that just never ends. Yeah, maybe this time we'll kiss and we'll not shake hands. Oh. That's weird because that because again that's that summer that comes up again later. We'll get there. Carry on. It's a great yeah. vocal. It is a this really is in, cool vocal. One of Greg's top. This is in his top ten. This is number two. Yeah. On on Greg's what, list. What's his, yeah. what his number one? Uh, if you tolerate this. Oh, Mission Rope Disco Dancer. Okay. Yes, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Same. Um. You know, I I think that there is a deliberate um, a deliberate choice to kind of recapture the magic of a previous song. I don't know if that counts as retreading their former glories. If the song itself is about nostalgia, that actually just seems to be a clever sort of conceit of like, well, if we're going to talk about nostalgia, we'll be nostalgic about ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so it doesn't go, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. It was the third single. It doesn't ruin the song for me or anything. It's, you know, um, I, I, I like Indian Summer. I, I will put it on and I will listen to it. And oftentimes yeah. I'll enjoy it. With your ears? With my ears. Uh, and sometimes with my mouth. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, your speakers That's are a wet. Bit weird. <laughs> How does this song make you feel, Lucas? Does not come D- cute. Dis- dis- not disappointed. Dis- Underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. Like, it's, it's, I just there was a song. There was a song on another album that I said like the ingredients are there, but it don't make a delicious cake. Right. Or whatever the fuck or whatever I said. And this is a similar, you know, because this should be your sort of vibe. This, you know, the anthemic, the the pop choruses, the 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 strings, and you know uh, that sort of three four sort of waltz time is something you've responded to in the past but it's not doing it's it for only you this it's only good okay but it's still good yeah it's still good soft like, low lowercase g yeah. lowercase g so are we talking like mildly above average what so we're talking like mildly above average six out of ten is that is that what you're saying i'm not or are you saying it's good which would be like a seven Shut up! No, don't don't even. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> we just simply uh, don't have time. I'll tell you what, the other thing, this song's pretty fucking relatable right now, isn't it? Go on. Because we're having a bloody Indian summer. Are we? It's August. Because what's the height of summer? It's bloody warm, is, isn't it? Is that supposed Indian to be summer? September. It's warm, isn't it? Okay. Is that what that means? Is that what that expression means? It yeah. means summer being in September. Yeah, it means it means a, a particularly long back end of the summer. Uh cut that. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, this next song, The Second Great Depression, um, has something on it that if you don't already know about it, I think you're going to like very much. There's one thing about this song I fucking despise. I'll tell you that for free. Excellent. We'll talk about that after we've listened to it. Guess. Now guess. 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 One thing you fucking despise. 
Um, 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 um. Does does the guitar solo follow the vocal melody? <laughs> Is that it? That, no, oh, Steve. Right. Uh, it's by the Manics. <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 ding. <laughs> Second Great Depression. Okay, is the thing that you hate, Lucas, the backing vocals that repeat the lines? No. Um, what it actually is, is I mixed up my notes with a different song, Great. and the thing I'm talking about isn't on this Brilliant. song. Brilliant. Ah, that's <laughs> what you hate about it. Adam, yeah. Adam, those... <laughs> you hate that it made you look like a dummy. Um, the backing vocals repeating it, it's really Christmassy. Like and it's got like a glockenspiel or something. Someone's whipped the glock it, out. I think and it's, it's really more Christmassy. Like, I think it's more like Motown. That I think this of... is a Christmas song. Okay, this is now a Christmas song. Yeah. Well, it Christmas does have that song, song when it goes, "Remember all those Christmas days." days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's true. That's true. This actually okay. feels for me something that could have come from James's solo album. Right. So the very very beginning of this song it's got a little guitar part, and it reminds me so much of "Be Natural." And then it's then it goes in. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's that's a similar sort of uh sort of register. Yeah. Um Lucas, something I think you'll like about this song is the sort of the thing that's going on in the background, you know, the do 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 that's a bowed guitar. Oh <laughs> I mean the uh, one I only wrote three lines about this song. <laughs> And one of them just says, la, 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 la. Sure. Uh, I literally wrote the guitar back in the background is neat. Yeah. Because I like the... Do, 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 it's do, it's do, James Dean do, Bradfield do, getting do, his bow out and going... Do, 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 oh, do, do, he do, should yeah. not do that. He'll get arrested. <laughs> I'm for it. I like this. It feels... It def- it's another nostalgic song. I mean, remember, remember all, all those days, days. Steve. I'm remembering. Remember all those days. All those when days. you maintained nothing but smile. 
Remember oh, all those days. I have literal shivers down my spine. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. It's such a physical reaction to words. So Steve, mentally Steve, what happened to forever? Bum. Steve, what happened to forever? I don't know. I'm welling up a bit. Um... Uh, but so, now, I mean, but now the part, this part of Steve's life is the second Great Depression, so it's that's fine. true. Jesus, yeah. I'm having a lovely time at the moment. I'm in a really don't good ruin the joke, today. Steve. Oh, sorry, Steve, sorry. don't ruin the oh, joke. Shit, yeah. uh, if you could be sad. sad as shit, Steve, that would really <laughs> yeah. help us out. Yeah, right. If, if I you try and just channel the know your enemy energy, I, I was going to say, take your energy back to know your enemy. Yeah. That'd be great. Know your energy. Thank you. Excellent. So this song starts More out word association from yeah, yeah, the Do yeah. You Love Us podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It, the song starts out a bit sludgy for me, and it's a bit like, oh, and I'm a bit like, okay, I don't know if I really, if I like this one as much. And then the that chorus, chorus comes in, and, I and I love it. Yeah, and that is great. And then the rest of it's great. And then I remember how good the start of it was actually great, and I was wrong about it being not great. What a great <laughs> album. Send Away the Tigers. So you are, <laughs> you are like five for five at this point, Steve. You've loved, well, Underdogs What did you is... expect? What, what did Exactly, I I had like exactly the same feelings as Steve thirteen years ago when you were when you were a child. I didn't mean for that to come out when you were more mature. What you're saying is what you're saying is you grew out of it and Steve didn't. Oh no, I'm stuck in the fucking past. That's the bit. The chorus, I disagree. I think the chorus fucks. Yeah, uh, but the rest of the song, ducks, uh, sl- sucks. sucks. Oh, <laughs> like his little face. So Word this song, this song sucks uh, and fucks. Yeah, which uh, this doesn't sound so song. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the, like, the chorus is all big, and then the verse is just like, I mean, don't. Like, even though I like the guitar bit, I'm yeah. just going to use it to to express that it's. I know what you mean. It does. It's a bit dirgy. Isn't it? Mm. Bit of a drone, bit of a slog. Which, which I think makes the chorus explode yep. even more, you know? Which is that, what I, mean, I was oh, trying to put it forward without, the, yeah. The verses aren't so bad that this is a one I'd skip. I wouldn't skip it. Right. Because the choruses make up for it. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know. I tell you what, whole, mate, back in the day, this is one that I would skip hmm. because it wasn't an upbeat instant. rock, you know, sort of, yeah, exactly, that sort of immediate instant sort of thing because it builds and because it's slower you know well i say skip i'd listen to this album just like back to front back to front back to front over and over, yeah. and over again but like i wouldn't seek this song out as much as i would seek out your indian summers yeah your love alone is not enough in the springtime for instance <laughs> and then um, and then we talked on this podcast today and you found out it's a christmas song exactly yeah that's my hot take man honestly yeah. listen okay. to it again christmas okay. material okay we will okay. bear that in mind yeah um so that that also that's two tracks in a row that are that are in three four I think Steve is, is second Great Depression in three four, yes or six eight. Okay, well, that's just doubled. <laughs> We've done a yeah, double. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or twelve sixteen. <laughs> that's uh yep. Um, <laughs> and so you know at this point of the album, Indian Summer's got a lot of energy, I think, but it is a it is a waltz. It is a bit slower. Second Great Depression is one of the slower tracks on the album and so you do need that sort of burst of energy which is what i think that this next track sort of gives yeah man uh gives us yeah good song (laughs) 
Yeah, fun. Yeah. Wish it was like a minute shorter. Yeah, I agree. Nope. Yeah. It should be a little two minute, little two minute. No, yeah. A minute, minute longer. It's, it, what is it? Oh. Is it 2.59? Yeah. Yeah, a little, little two minute, a little, you know. Like a six minute long track or something. <laughs> if it was a bit silly, but sort of like just on the right side of silly yeah. for me, because although the music is a bit silly, and and bombastic and and, and overblown. Yeah, yeah dramatic. It's also that because it's very. Yeah, yeah, I have that in my notes. I've actually never considered that. That that whenever the Manics do that militaristic sort of thing, and they do it later on in their career as well, I instantly think of and I instantly think of Lucas. That's a lot of bleeping I have to do. So although it's like a bit silly and a muse, bit muse, 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 I like it when my cat goes mew. I like it when cows go mew. <laughs> okay. Very have you guys good. Read the, have you guys read the muse today? Very good, good guys. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Noting yeah. down the time of that. Very good, guys. Um... So, yes, although it's a bit silly and jaunty and bombastic and weird and not weird, but like fun. Um, it's also about rendition, yeah. which is uh, transporting prisoners to countries where it is um, more acceptable to torture them. Less rigorous regulations for the humane treatment of prisoners. Yes, mm. which is not a fun topic. No, it's very it's politicals, isn't it? It is, yeah. I thought it was about the raising of student loans from 3,000 a year to 9,000 a year. Uh, because of Blame It on the Coalition? Yeah, got Blame It on the Coalition. Interesting, yeah. So the coalition they're referring to is the Coalition of the Willing, which were the which is the countries that went to war, uh, the war on terror in Afghanistan and Iraq. Oh, see, I thought, I thought time-travelling manics had just... Oh, God. You know. They may well have done. They may well have done. So, double meaning. It's a double meaning. We'll agree. It's a double, it's double meaning. Okay, so what did you think the line, I never knew the sky was a prison, meant in that regard? Well, finish your gin. That when, stu- that when students would go to uni, yeah. they'd, yeah. Get, yeah. They'd, get sky- they'd get Sky TV because they feel like they need it because they're used to it. Right. Having it home. And obviously that's like a financially, that's a prison because yeah. they get locked into a contract. And obviously they can't really afford that because of the raising of the student loans. Okay. So it is, it's a double meaning. It's a double so meaning. It's a double, double meaning. meaning. Yeah, you're right. Double meaning. Yeah. Lucas, what about <laughs> the lyric, the CIA will stay invisible? Well, CIA, you see, stands for... Go on. Um, <laughs> you broken him. You broke him. <laughs> is it? Is that what it stands for? Yeah. No, it obviously stands for uh, Corona. Yeah, yeah. The beer. Uh, corona in esophagus. Right. Beers, 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 lads, lads, lads. Beers. Yeah, yeah. Beers, yeah. beers, beers. And they'll never, what's the line? They'll never go and away. You, so uh, we'll stay invisible. We'll stay invisible. Well, because you can't see the beer once it enters your, your esophagus. Which now you? begins with an A, apparently. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's is it not. No, no, it's, no, that's fine. It's the CIO. It's the CIO. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. So it's a double meaning. Yes, though it's the same. Yeah, it's a double meaning. Do you know what this um, song reminds me of, Adam? Uh, a warm summer's day. <laughs> no. In a Nissan uh, rendition Micro. is what I had spray painted across my T-shirt. Yeah. I meant to go see them. With a backwards R. With a backwards R. I cut the sleeves off. 
because I was Why a naughty little punk boy. Are... Have because a look at the artwork, things. Lucas. Look at the oh, artwork. Is it on the artwork? Yeah. It's not just Steve. It's not just Steve being an absolute cuck. Uh, no, I mean, that, yeah, it was. That yeah, is yeah. the Manix thing. Is is like the the famous ish Manix font is all the R's are backwards, which is kind of cribbed from Simple Minds. Um, but and this I... is only the second album on which that appears. <laughs> like it's no. the Holy Bible and this album, <laughs> and that's but, um, it. But yeah, and James signed it. Yeah, I remember. I remember what you. I remember him looking at your t-shirt. And going, you didn't what is, play what is, it though. Yeah, yeah. he he said, uh, "What does it say?" And you went, "Oh, you didn't play it." And he went, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> he, he point, I think he sort of pointed at him and, "Huh." <laughs> you didn't play Steve, it, Steve. If, if okay. Steve, if we ever get James Dean Bradfield on this podcast, which we will, he oh, listens. he's probably listening. Hi, James. Yeah. 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 Uh, remind him of that. He'll remember it. Clear yeah. as day. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. his death grip handshake. Ooh, and yes. we also met Sean, but no Nikki. Um, did we not meet Nikki that night? We, I didn't meet Nikki. Why? You know, I guys, I've Sean. met them so many times after gigs that it all just becomes a big blur. Yeah. Um, yeah, fun. I think it's it's a bit less nuanced than some of their work. I would fun. give you know this is not an album standout for me, but it does give a nice surge of energy at this point of the album. Um, it's a fine little rocky jaunt. Doesn't really sound anything like. Um, the boxing movies, uh, but that's fine. That's fine. We'll we'll, we'll get onto that on a different time. Um, so now this was another single uh, coming up. This is Autumn Song. When I was talking earlier about there being lines that I feel like Steve would respond to from a nostalgic standpoint, yeah, the opening couple lines of this are textbooks. I mean, mm-hmm. she's got a smile that it seems to me mm-hmm. reminds me of childhood memories, yeah. where yeah. everything is as fresh no. as a bright blue sky. What you, I think you, Steve, that's so you, mate. That oh, is that, that is that is Steve. Reminds me of childhood memories where oh, everything man. was fresh as a bright blue sky. Because I think you've got that. That's incredible. Now you've got the song. That's. Hmm? I think you. That's not the lyrics I've got here. That's what I heard. Where your yeah, eyes as dark as night. What have you? What have oh you been no, it is where your eyes as dark as night. What have you been what reading? Have I got, what have I been reading? Lucas, well, that... I Google. I googled the riff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it gave me. How did you do that? I. You know how they got like voice. Yeah, I think phones have got voice like Luke. search now. Right. Went, oh, okay. And it gave me those lyrics. Lucas, that sweet child of mine by Guns of Roses. Lucas. It's Guns of Roses. 
It's Guns of Roses. That's a Guns of Roses song. A sweet Child on Mine. <laughs> oh. I'm assuming that you both love this song. I... Well, I haven't heard it. I've been listening to the wrong song. <laughs> but from what you could get, gather from that short clip we played... Oh, oh. Steve, you'll be happy to know this is the first Manic Street Preachers song that has, has evoked a physical chill. Oh. Yes. That's yes. a huge deal. Yes. It got me a little... Oh, sorry. We're doing it, a podcast. I can't yeah. just do that with my fingers. It touched you. But that don't do that it, with my. Don't do that it with touched little, you in an emotional way. It got. It gave me a little feeling. It was, was it that no riff? long. It was no longer a series of notes in a row that sounds no, well, no, pleasing. But the bit that gave me chills was a series of notes, though. It was when the Bugger. strings go. Da, 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 it da, made my se- eyes leak oil. The, <laughs> the second, the second time he says, "So when you hear this autumn song in the chorus, yeah, there's a little string, do, 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 do. yeah, oh yeah, oh, oh the rift down just... to my down to my plums, oh, really, rubs your little nub, Steve. How do no, you not feel the riff, about the riff, this? the riff? I feel nothing apart from that. It sounds like guns oh, What yeah, do yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. think? I think of this song. I think you think this is one of the best songs ever recorded by I human think it's beings. Fucking amazing! I love <laughs> autumn songs so much. Ah, uh, however, talk about it. Talk about it. Right. So, what I love about this, apart from it rubbing the old nub roughly, like really, like digging in there with nails, <laughs> it's um just that riff. Oh, it's just it's just something about the tone of that guitar and those notes that are used. That is just pure melody, and it just does things to me i'm making this very sexual I don't mean to. <laughs> but what they, they 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 use just enough of it to make me want more like it doesn't go on and on and on it makes it if you like think of this song maybe you just hear that little in your head all the time yeah you made it sound it's like it's made on a banjo but there's actually not that much of it. i think it's maybe done three times but like it, it's shorter each time it's it's great um, however, it does that thing in the verse where it, the second verse is just the first verse, but they've switched it around. Yep. yep. Um, Lazy. Uh, like we wouldn't notice, you yes. cheeky monkey nicky. <laughs> Lazy. Um, however, I don't care. I hate this song. I know you do. I remember I, you I hate me. it with every fibre of my fucking being. Um, I feel like there was another like big anthemic song that you hated. Oh, is when you stole the you song, stole some from my heart. Yeah, yeah. The the fucking riff. Oh, there's one. This is like the anti no surface all feeling for me. Um, there there is that one note in it that just really grates on me. So this is what the riff sounds like to me. Okay, that's you what might autumn say song sounds like to it's me. the anti no service or feeling, but what about the uncle the no service? No yes, very good, feeling? very good. Yeah. The lyrics are uninspired and trite and just lazily swapped round. The t- the verses are fucking identical, and they just yeah. switch them round. No, but he just goes up an octave in the second bit of it. It's fine. I do think yeah. that the melody in the verse is great, but I find the chorus really annoying in the way that it's designed to be epic. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 it's yeah, great, yeah. and it is, yeah. and they succeed, and is, and they great. succeed though. And I hate so... the build up to the chorus. It has yeah. like a touch do you, of. Do you do you hate the Lord of the Rings? 
Yeah, no. I bet you do. That's designed. That's designed to be epic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the same thing. Just because they succeed so, doesn't mean autumn it's song, bad. Autumn song is the two towers. I mean the film, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Grossly, oh. I've grossly got this right. This is bad, There's, and I need out. There is, there is a touch of Queen about this song. In that yeah, the and I don't like Queen. I love Queen, yeah. and I think it sounds great. And yeah, I find this song grating, and it means absolutely nothing. No, to I me. think you're wrong. And Lucas, I think Adam isn't wearing his jacket loose. <laughs> uh, um, right, wear your hair in bunches is a reference to yes. Is it? Tie your hair, tie his hair in bunches. Fucking call him Rita if you want. Oh, I don't. I, I in never, bunches. never put that together ever. I've always thought that. Okay, I think I've it's always. Very... Did you know the song before we started doing this podcast, though? Oh, Steve is has been on Autumn Song's dick for a long time. No, but I mean yes. Yeah, of course it is. Oh. Adam showed me a lot of things like, look, you will listen to the Holy Bible and maybe <laughs> sit in his room, and we weren't allowed to speak. <laughs> That's what it my part like an ideal like. social interaction with Adam. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think this is maybe one of their laziest songs. Um, the riff does... I, I am with Adam on... Well, not... I'm closer to Adam on the riff than I am with oh, Steve. I find it is, so great. Oh, that's weird. Because I'm closer to Adam, like, friendship-wise than I am with you. Ooh. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely idgaff about that solo. Yeah, this song yeah, yeah. is all about that chorus, um, and also the solo's pretty nice too. There's, but there's one the solo bit then goes song. into the chorus, yeah, again, and that's nice because the chorus is nice. There's one it's got a nice chorus, one bit of this song that I really like, which is the line "Now, baby, what you've done to your hair." I really like that. Sums up a lot of things in that one line. That's a very succinct way of putting. Uh, an emotion across and then the rest of the song just sort of ruins it when you hear this autumn song clear your heads and get ready to run the fuck does that mean baby you were born to run ah right yes yeah. um the, the okay line, so what what you done to your hair baby what you done to your hair yeah is that what poppy said to you is it just the same time of year when you think that you don't really care? I actually like that couplet. But yes, for those unaware, I have pink hair at the moment and my girlfriend's yeah. called Poppy. So that's yeah. two bits of information you guys needed catching up on to get that <laughs> When you get listen to this audio joke. podcast. <laughs> yeah. There's something else about this song that is symptomatic of this whole album and era for me. And, I know, and, and, and it's Jurassic Park and, and, and we're going to come on to it now. Um, in the mix, you can hear an acoustic guitar. Okay, and I think yeah. all of these songs uh, have like an acoustic guitar somewhere in the mix to kind of flesh it out, or they will have had an acoustic guitar put down, and then the rest of the song will be built on top of it, and then the acoustic guitar will be taken out. For a lot, for some of the B sides on uh, this uh, this album, they released acoustic versions of the songs. That I'm going to play one of them. <laughs> Is dark as night. I paint your face with what you like. Away your love like it's it nice. is made of hate. Born to I like this. It's fine. To create. It's um. Now, baby, what you done to your hair? Is it just you like it because it's got the strings left in it as well? So. 
That uh, is I was not, enjoying that. that oh, Adam, I was enjoying that. That is not a, a specifically recorded acoustic version for a B-side. That is oh. the exact same vocal take ripped out of the song along with the string part and the acoustic part. Okay. I did think it sounded remarkably it good vocally because most acoustic versions they tone it down a bit. It vocally. sounds exactly the same. Um, What's your point? There is also this. He's not enough, not enough, not enough. When times get tough, oh, they get tough, they get tough, they get tough. A trade on. It's the acoustic part ripped out with the vocals put on top of it. It's not an acoustic version. It's Pro Tools laziness. It's Jurassic Park. They spent so long figuring out whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think whether or not they should. For fuck's sake. So there's all of these Pro Tool edits and things that they can do that's so easy where they can go, oh, do you know what? We can release five acoustic versions of this song. So for your love alone is not enough. There's an acoustic Nina and James version. There's an acoustic James version. And there's an acoustic Nina version. Because when you record duets, both people record the whole song and then they edit it. Um, Lazy. But that must take up more space. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Hard drives ain't cheap. All of this digital editing. In 2007. All of this digital editing just, I think, kind of just leads to this sort of laziness aspect. Like they couldn't even be bothered to James just sit down and do an acoustic version of the song. They literally rip it straight from the song using a digital audio workstation. Boring. Adam, uh, do you record all your own music on on tape? No, I use digital audio workstation, but I make a point of never copying. Lazy! (laughs) (laughs) I make a point of never copying and pasting. Everything that I do is one take. No, but don't you use loop pedals, which is literally copying and pasting over and over and over and over again. Live. Yeah, I do. I like to copy and paste live. Yeah. Have you guys seen the artwork for this? Like this for, is a, for, the album or the Send Away the Tigers? The album or the song? Uh, the album. Yeah, it's the two girls. Yeah. yeah. They're just they're just photoshopped on. Are they really? Yeah. They're not. That's just a that's just a, <laughs> a backdrop that they've just put on. Yeah. You can see how she's hovering above the leaves. Yeah. Can you is can you can you see the original version of the picture anywhere? That that's that's lazy, nah. and, but 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 that's not even lazy on the Manics part because that is that is the original photo from Valerie Phillips where she's just put the two girls uh, in front of a backdrop of Brooklyn think, Bridge. Oh, so this is the original photo. She's got wings. Photo is, she's yeah. got wings, so she's flying. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yep, cool. This album just it just stinks of laziness for me, and 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 not just in terms of these editing things and releasing sort of sort of acoustic versions but really they're not um it, it, it the songwriting as well it just kind of you know repeating verses uh just swapping things round um deliberately sort of going for like lowest common denominator lyrics and sort of trite emotions it's something that the manics never did i i like up until this point i i've i've never gone so long in a Manix album with so many songs that mean absolutely nothing. That's not true. Because this next song was used in a Ginsters pasty advert. <coughs> I think 
you might have gotten confused. We'll play it. We'll play okay. it and Adam, we'll see. Is what? this is this is this the Manix album that you famously don't like? We'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it at the end. We'll get to Ginsters. it at the end. Ginsters. Just a patsy, the eyes wildly heavy, made of my own misery, the footprints of history. what you've done there Steve. I've, I've made a mistake yeah you've swapped a couple of letters around there it is I'm just a patsy right yeah oh my whole thing was about sausage rolls shit okay well that well that's an no, entirely different ahead, that's fine. okay this song's my fucking jam uh, Lee Harvey Soswold I've liked this song <laughs> since I heard it on the bootleg especially the synth break that we just heard at the end there which I think is like synth Strings. What, what do you guys think of this song? I, I really yeah, like it. It's a bit life bloody, isn't it? It is. I yes, like. Venus. I like how to make it rhyme, they rearranged Lee Harvey Oswald's name. Yep. <laughs> Harvey Oswald. Lee, no, Oswald, Oswald Lee, Harvey. Lee Harvey. No, there's <laughs> a reason for that, and I remember Adam telling me about this. Go on, then, Steve. To make it rhyme. To make it rhyme. Um. So, he is the one who shot JFK. Thank you. And. He was saying that he was um, brainwashed by the government to do it. Correct? Or something along those lines? He's saying he's just a patsy. Yeah. yeah. And in um, fact, you, he's can hear, the you can hear him saying that in the song. Which I love, by the yeah, way. That little quote. Cool. And then it just kicks back in his chef yeah, I love kiss. That. It is I cook love snog. Yeah. Um, the, he was saying that the Oswald in his name was given to him. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, the Oswald in Lee Harvey. Yes. Yes, you, you are <laughs> the you. thing. The thing that uh, was not yours and was forced upon you. I think yeah. is is the thing there. Yeah. I, I mean, the lyrics touch on some really interesting things. Like obviously, the conspiracy theory that Lee Harvey Oswald was set up. Yeah. Uh, in but the we know, but we know, we know who did it. We did this in an earlier episode. How the Cuban Missile Crisis, as we know, was done was is Magneto. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Magneto also is with JFK. I thought in, it was the comedian. Magneto in, in, was in, JFK. The comedian in X, in Watchmen in, did it. In X Men: Days of Future Past, they, <laughs> he 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 did it. I think he committed suicide. Huh. We've all what, got different hired, takes on the JFK. Hired someone to do it. No, no. I think he did it himself. Um, they're obsessed with U.S. politics and presidents. Aren't they, they are. Yeah, they are. And They're this really this song a... also sort of touches on destiny and like inevitability and if we're we're destined to certain places, okay, which is like inevitable, like scars and dust. You mean? Yeah, and and that's, um, that's I do like the way he star. says inevitable, like scars and dust. Yeah, Good. just trying to squeeze those lyrics in there, yeah. and and I, I like the stuff like that um, that that touches on. But then I also think, in order to get a chorus out of it, 
they, you know, he, he wrote a lyric that doesn't make any sense. I'm just a patsy for your love. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. He should have said, I'm just a patsy for your gun. Sure. sure. Uh, this politics thing, I don't know, for your love. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a patsy for this... your love. Am I right? Yeah, guys. <laughs> this song is nothing. This song is <laughs> The best thing. <laughs> this song doesn't exist. This so- that song's one of my highlights in an album for me. That is mostly nothing these days. I would say um, it's a, low- a lowish point on the album in my okay. Heights that's interesting. Of heights. That's interesting. I don't think it's. I don't think it's, it's the worst. I'm, one. I'm impressed with Adam's uh, objective ability, objectiveness. Like the fact that this album meant a lot to you at the time, but you have with age, like giving it a more objective read when there's albums that I loved when I was younger that I obviously don't like as much as I did because maybe I don't like emo music as much as I did, but they still like get me down in my plums because of nostalgia. I mean, that's what I'm all about. Like, especially for this podcast, I want to be as objective as possible. It's just like, I mean, at the beginning of the podcast, you know, I gave Generation Terrorists and God Against Soul are five and a six, respectively. So they're not like up there in terms of albums generally for me. It's just that that run in the middle of their career for me is like incredible. So I come but across those... as not being very objective. But those first two albums also, you don't have the nostalgia. Like you listened to it when it first came out and you drove around in your shit car with Steve. That's true. You know? That's true. Yeah, that is true. Um, speaking of, you were talking about American politics, Imperial Body Bags. Imperial body bags are coming home in drips and drabs. Life is numbers with doggy tags filled with holes that coming back. So come on. This song makes me think of a cheeky rock goblin <laughs> hopping around the stage, pointing the head of his guitar at the audience. Yeah, this song can fuck off. Yeah, the rock goblin. I used to take the piss out of this song a lot because it would be like, Hello, Adam, it's nice to see you. Would you like a cup of tea now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, it, I just thought it was really stupid. 
but like now yeah. I just love it. It's just cheese. I like cheese. This album is a sort of like a, a warm baked camembert, and I'm just dipping in my little crusty fresh bread. You're just dipping your nubbin in it. I'm just <laughs> no, I, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> For me, like rendition was a bit cheesy as well. But on the right side, this is the wrong side of cheesy for no, me. No, this is the right side of cheesy. Yes, I thought it might be for you. <laughs> this again uh, smacks of the band that shall not be named. This disagree. Uh, not not in terms of stylistically, but in terms of approach to music writing. Right. This there's something very minor in in that I really like about this. It's not it's not it's not that minor. Whatever. Anyway, there's something I really like when songs do, and you know when something really small really just elevates a song for you, even though it's minor. Yeah. When a palm muted riff opens up, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just oh, I really like it. Like whenever any song does that, and it just it's like now we're now we're kicking. Now we're yeah, <laughs> <Not> kicking with <laughs> gas. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, get what I like they're doing. It. Like it's a bit of a pastiche. It, 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 it's about American politics, so they've made like a very American sounding. I mean, I I did read the lyrics. I'm guessing it's about a war and the uh, the body bags of all the people that they sent to die yeah. in Vietnam or something, right? Well, so in the Iraq war, the... this is them responding to like recent events, and of course, there's that. Oh yeah, this album is now recent enough that that's relevant. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I, I actually really like the imagery of lyrics like children wrapped in homemade flags. Right. Has a lot of stuff about like. Um, patriotic pride and yeah. sending children off to die for it right now you know. my problem with the song is i don't know how i feel about that as it is like kids being brought home wrapped in flags and it's like is that it's it's potentially ironic like the they are making really a, they're making a very american song that is anti-american kind of going back to that generation terrorists uh, mode of operation. And the song really would have benefited from an owl somewhere as well. <laughs> what it like, does benefit from, though, is a little fake ending. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A yeah. real fuddly yeah. dump uh, uh, yeah. ending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's yeah. Ended. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's fun, but it also it can fuck off. Like, <laughs> like I, basically, I basically <laughs> skip that track every time. Wrong. No, Even though wrong. I do like the pre-chorus. Wrong. I like the... um. Nothing's finished, it just fades away section. Mm. It's very cool. Um, it takes forever to get to the chorus, though. It does, yeah. But the chorus is about 20 minutes into the song. That's true, it is. It's 20 minutes into the song. We could only play a little yeah. clip of it there. This 35-minute long album. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is that this album's so short. We're on the last track already. So this is, uh, this is Winter Lovers. Saved 
possibly my favourite track on the album. It's except my least. For, except for Your Love Alone. Um, yeah, that's because it's, um, it's nuanced and complex, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that sure. makes sense why it'd be something I like and something that you don't. Yeah, it's very nuanced and complex. No, no, no. Yeah. How can <laughs> no, it be nuanced and no, complex? No. It sounds like Kaiser Chiefs no, going, no, no, no. The bit I fucking hate is the na, na, na's. Adam was right. Mm. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that opinion the, the the first time that I listened to this album and, and for much of that year, I think. I, I didn't like this song. But that is done over such a melancholic chord change and it's about sort of the dying of the year and everything. That I don't know, I just really vibe with it. Don't get me wrong, this song's still like eight, nine out of ten for me. Great. That's 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 cool. No, I, no, I just no. <laughs> I really like the lyrics. Um and I really like the melody, and I think this is a really good closer to the album. Um it, it's unfortunate that it, the album sort of just gets into the groove that I'm enjoying from it. And then it finishes. Um, but, but because, like, I'm taking this song in context with the rest of the album. So, you know, we, we've had a lot of the album kind of going up and kind of building in epicness or, you know, largeness, I suppose, when it gets to the point with uh, with Autumn Song and I'm Just a Patsy and Imperial Body Bags, I think are like the peak of that and then it starts coming down the other side and i would like more of coming down the other side because hmm. that's it's very like much a ballad at the end doesn't it yeah which this almost kind of is it is it is slower than a lot of the things on the album and i think that the rest of the album has like dark lines that get buried in sort of like joyous songs and we talked about like the suicide note section of your love alone is not enough in the springtime which usually I like, but <laughs> here, like for, for a lot of this album, it feels like they've gone so far out of their way to cover up any cracks of darkness that on this song, when it starts to peek through and actually becomes quite melancholic, I think it works really, really, really well. Like it feels epic, but also quite understated. Um, so it's frustrating for me that this is at like the end of the album, especially when the track they end up adding... Mm. has a similar melancholic vibe. Oh, it's very melancholy, if it's the yeah. one I'm thinking of. I mean, how, it, how do you guys uh, respond to this song? It bums me out that the album ends pants. No, I don't think it's pants. I think right. it does end the album well, because it's a great album. And it does end on a, on a on a bum note in terms of, like, mood. I think that's good. And I do like the na-na-na as much as I've taken the piss out of it. But I would say that like it is my least favourite on the album. But that's only because I just, for this album in particular, I just want fun and cheese. This al- this not this album, this song is has does nothing for me. But the one thing it does for me is piss me off. <laughs> with the, the na 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 It starts off with pissing me off. And then it, then it just goes... Are you expecting guess, them to I say... Guess, I guess technically it goes up from pissing off up to nothing. Right, okay. Uh, another nothingy album closer. An unfortunate trend. I want something more from my Manix albums and music in general than just fun and cheesy, usually. But they did a fun and cheesy short album, which is different to the other ones. Uh, I don't think it is that different. I do actually no, think wrong. it's... No, the, to, be, to be fair, the, the songs that are 
good are are definitely aping a certain era of their music. Yeah, I agree. And then and then the rest are is pop. It's a pop pop record. Pop, I just pop don't. Album. Th- there isn't much like progression in this album. I don't think. Like this is definitely a regression. But is it oh. regression? Regression. Good. Blame it on, on the, the coalition. Um. Although technically not the not the last album of the uh, not the last track of the album because there was a hidden track. As soon as you're born, they make you feel small. By giving you no time instead of it all. Till the pain is so big you feel nothing at all. Oh, I can't Um, so it's a cover. Yeah, some right. bloke, jo- Josh, Josh Lennon. Yes, I was yeah, actually I obviously, obviously in like the the deep dive of this. We've talked about him actually in another episode because oh. he was a, in a band with yep. Paul Project. Mac- uh, with Paul McCartney um, and from Wings, George, famously of Wings, Harry's son, George Har- Harry's son, um, George. Yep. Oh, yeah. and the bloke from yeah, the bloke from. Now Tom's I was Tank. thinking about this, and I was looking into it. The the guy from Thomas Tank Engine. There yep. are no guys in Thomas Tank Engine. You mean well, there's one? You mean the Fat Controller? Yeah. 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 So it was Josh Lennon. Yep. Uh, George Harry's son. Yeah. Yeah. The Fat Controller and yes. Paul, Paul McCartney, um, or Paul McCartney. as 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 his fans know him, Mackerel. Yeah. Mackerel. Mackerel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Macca from Wings. Now, this is recorded. This is a cover of a Josh Lennon solo song. Uh-huh. So um, he ha- was. Was this guy bit well well enough known to like, this song was released to the public? Apparently so. Yeah. Who knows? Um, it's actually a very manicsy song. Working class hero. Yeah, I was gonna say I, the yeah, lyrics it, are so much better than anything on uh, on Send Away the Tigers, which I guess you would expect from. Josh John. Lennon. Josh. Yeah. Uh, it's a vibe that's not sort of present on the album, and I'm actually quite quite here for it. Like I'd have liked to have heard an album recorded as live. As live. This yeah, is them just nice. playing in a rehearsal room. Oh no oh, way! I oh cool! See. I yeah. like it. Nice. Yeah, it's got a really nice sort of vibe, about it, especially yeah, like it's I said, very the melancholic. lyrics. And I mean, but the thing is, right. Without the hidden track, the album clock's in at just under 35 minutes. Which means it's only two minutes longer than one of my EPs, and that had five tracks on it. That says to me your tracks are too long. <laughs> <laughs> but that feels a bit lazy. Uh. It, it, there's not enough of this album to grasp, I don't think. Which means that we're coming to the summation. And I do... I like... This album, it isn't really easy. doesn't sound like it. Here's the thing: I like this album. I just don't think it's good. I think it's bang average, and I like it. Okay, it so isn't is this easy. Not listen. the album you famously don't like. No, I, th- I think that it, mic I think, drop has yet to come. I think it works too hard to recapture past glories and kind of doesn't do enough. Uh, to sort of broaden their sound, and some of the songwriting is really good, 
Um, I'm thinking like send away the Tigers, your love alone is not enough. And, and especially on James Dean Bradford and Sean Moore's end, I think that the uh, the tones on this album are really cool. A lot of it sounds, you know, exactly like what they were going for, I imagine. Um, it sounds fun and upbeat and lively. Um, but also I think there are some aspects of the songwriting that really let it down. And that's mostly in the lyrics for me. There are some real clangers like line wise in in this on this album for me and that coupled with some of the previously mentioned examples of sort of uh you know a little bit of sort of laziness i think i think that this is i struggle with this album a lot i mean what do you guys think about it on the whole i you i love it that yeah? to me this is the man this is manic street preachers to me mm. and it's been interesting to finding out about them but this is obviously means a lot in terms of nostalgia and memory. Uh, and I just think it's a big, fun album. If this is Manic Street Preachers to you, it's interesting to me that you liked the Manic Street Preachers. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't see them as the same band as they were when in Holy Bible. It's a different band. In a way, like, do you know what I mean? They're not. Uh, it's hard to explain. I can still like go back and listen to something that's completely different by that band and still enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. So th- this is like the crystallization of their sound. Yeah, this is you. this is their this is their canon. No, you, their you'd say like. Manix to me, and that this is what I th- I think of. Th- I've got more history with this album than I do with Everything Must Go, with This Is My Truth, or those those songs that are on the radio. Lucas, I'm getting the feeling that you are quite cold on this album. Uh, yep, it's to me bang average, if not lower. It's I agree. Got, I do think that this is like it's got strictly a few critically good songs bang average, and then the rest. Like I'm trying to, I've the album that springs to mind when I think about how I think about this album. Yeah, is Know Your Enemy. Okay, now this because is much it's shorter got, than Know Your Enemy. Yeah, but <laughs> by about half. But in terms of how I feel about it, in terms of like, there's some good, there's some great songs. But then the rest of it, I kind of just don't give a shit. So what are those great songs? What are your standout tracks on this album? Oh, is this, is this, do I have to limit it to two, though? Because as we know... Yeah, always. Yep. Yeah, obviously. Even though I've <laughs> okay, got three so... written down for each one. Go on. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the top two are Your Love Alone Is Not Enough. Of course, a given. Yeah. In, the, in, in the springtime. Yeah. yeah. Feet Nina Pearson. Yeah. Three minutes and 55 seconds. Okay, yep. great. <laughs> and Autumn Song. Okay. Correct. Yes. Correct. That, that completely makes sense. Yeah. So what? The... And 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 just to do what you hate, which is give you more songs. History sure. four and five. The other two that actually are good are uh, Send Away the Tigers and Imperial Body Bags. Okay. All the rest of them I will never listen to again. What's your score? Four. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, it's not average because I just like said that I yeah. don't give a fuck about like sixty percent of the album. But thinking critically as well as just how you feel about them. Let's not do this. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, favourite tracks, least favourite tracks. Uh, Your Love Alone Is Not Enough and Autumn Song. Did you know I liked Autumn Song, actually? Oh, my God. You guys are like, you guys should get a drink sometime or kiss or something. Let's just kiss, Lucas. Let's kiss what our about bottoms least... together. <laughs> Let's just kiss about... our bottoms together. What about uh, least favourite? Least favourite is Winter Lovers, but it doesn't mean I don't like it. Fair. Any others on yeah. the least favourite list? Um, I'm just a 
Patsy doesn't do a whole lot for me. That just sort of nothing. But that's because you. I was thinking about Greg's the whole time. Yeah, um, sure. And I was it's thinking all, about you know. But this is an album. Slices. This is an album that you really like. Yeah, this really is nine out of ten. To. This is nine out of ten. That's a nine out of ten. This is nine. That is out that of your highest? Is that your highest score? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, correct. Uh, that's a big what, boy. The other, the other thing with this album it's is a weird boy. choice to do a <laughs> your hidden tracks, do a cover song. <laughs> And you do a cover song, like at least pick someone well known. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know, because because you wouldn't even know it was a cover. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, if, if unless you're like one of the thirty people that picked up a Josh Lennon EP exactly. back in exactly. like, yeah. whenever. Like, if they'd done Africa by Toto, we would have all known, you know, what they were doing. But a, a Josh Lennon song from I don't know, nineteen forty, whatever. Like, can I? Who knows? Can I shock you? Sense. Can I yeah. shock you? Yeah. Didn't know this was a cover. Wow, you thought it was a man. Well, there it was you go, song. because because if you've not heard of Josh yeah, Lennon, exactly, why would yeah. you why would you think that? Yeah. So Steve, that's a nine out of ten. Weezer covered yes, Toto sir. Africa. Yes, they did. Really good. That 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 was a song. Do you uh, want to hear my thoughts? My yes, score? please. There were examples on Lifeblood of of the band kind of growing old gracefully, if you like. Um, and it very much seems like they were trying to inject a little bit more of that rock and roll New York City attitude, <laughs> a little bit of like growing old with disgrace, if you like, back into their story and their ethos. Ghostbusters and, too. And I find a, lost in New York. <laughs> I find a bit of this album. <laughs> I find bits of this album slightly embarrassing, and. Critically, because you're, so, you're sort of like act your age, lads. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit, or at least try something new. You know, something we've gone over a lot on this podcast is we like it when they try something new, and I think that some of this album is a retread of past glories, uh, which disappoints me. And also, I kind of like it when the Manics have a central idea, you know, at the center of their albums. And send away the tigers sort of lacks that for me, and so what I'm what I'm then left with is just sort of a collection of songs that that then kind of don't amount to much as a whole album, in my opinion. And if it's just a collection of songs, then I like a few of those songs, I dislike a couple of those songs, and the rest is just very average um and critically i think that this album is like lucas bang average so i'm trying to work out if i have a fondness for it and it makes it a six or if it's fallen in my esteem so much because it was a 10 out of 10 album that actually i dislike it a little so i'm hovering around four five six four five six four five you're saying four five six six. surely you just say you just say five i'm gonna say five with the understanding that we will come back to it at a later date okay okay um my favorites are (laughs) i'm just a patsy and your love alone is not enough and my least favorites are underdogs and imperial body bags and fucking autumn song the jurassic park um, the the song that haunts me in my dreams. You said a minute ago we like it when they do different things. Um, yeah. 
the songs that me and Steve responded to most positively are just like their big anthems that are sort of like the older stuff they yeah, used to do. And singles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's not been the case. Like, like we have praised them for trying new things and breaking out of I molds. Mean, I mean, my top ten was, you know... Lit. Well, exactly. You know, you put like a the fucking disco song in there. There's nothing that interesting on Sendaway. Well, that's Society. their second best song, if right. not their best song. And I'm still not sure. And would you agree that there's nothing that interesting on Send Away the Tigers? Oh, nothing on this album reaches the dizzying heights of Miss Europa Disco Dance. And Lucas, for the first time ever, I agree with you. <gasps> uh, the album received positive reviews, although a few negative ones sort of stand out uh, and call it sort of. Weirdly, they call it bloated, um, which is weird because it's like a 35-minute album. <laughs> I yeah. don't understand how that can be bloated, so I actually disagree with that. I actually think, although I'm not massively fond of the record, it is very lean and very focused. Like, there is a vision and they carried it out, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, the Guardian said it was a pedestrian retread of former glories, which... Um, Sounds like your review. Sounds like sounds like my review, but don't forget, I do still kind of like yeah, it. Yeah, you got a little, you got yeah. a little rubber the nub. Yeah. Uh, Enemy said it was the best since Everything Must Go and a cathartic regeneration. BBC called it a brilliant mm. pop record and mm. Q called it a big rock classic. The Enemy yeah. are wrong. Uh, nope. It charted at number two. Um, Great. And the thing that kept it from number one was the Arctic Monkeys' second album. Their best um, album. With only a difference of 690 records. Wow. If the Manics oh, sorry, had sold... Very Owen Wilson then. <laughs> if wow. the Manics had sold Wee. 700 more records in that first week, they'd have beat the Arctic Monkeys to the top spot. Uh, which sounds impressive on paper, but then you realise that Arctic Monkeys had released that album three weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah. So it was. It was. Uh, it was the Arctic Monkeys' third week on their second album. People forget how like um, massive Arctic Monkeys are and were. Do they? Around Do that people time. forget how massive the Arctic Monkeys I are? I feel like they they get um, they they are no longer part of the mono culture. We don't what have time fuck? to talk about my thoughts. We don't have mean? time to, to tell talk me what about monoculture means on the monoculture. No, 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 no. We'll do it another time. Um, Bonus episode. I do think that Adam explains the monoculture. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that a lot of this record's success is almost—it's not by accident, but it's one of those things where the Manics are accidentally fashionable. Do you okay. remember? Do you remember around "Everything Must Go," they accidentally released a Britpop album. Yeah. Like, yeah. they accidentally fell into step with that. If you look at the music scene around 2007, guitar music is back. And the Manics release a guitar album. Yeah. So they I mean, are sort of... You say that like that's an accident. Are you sure that's not just completely by design? I don't think the Manics ever make sort of like a a choice to be trendy. I think that they um, make artistic choices rather than commercial choices. Up to this sure. point, at least. Does that make sense? Yeah, they react to their last record rather than what's going on at the moment. Yeah, and this very much feels like a reaction to Lifeblood, right? And the perceived sort of uh, failure of, of Lifeblood, which is as wrong. it were. Which is wrong, because it wasn't the failures. Right. Well, it was critically. Uh, not critically, Um, like commercially. It's their lowest yeah. selling album still. And Send Away the Tigers is up Still, there. even when you factor in their new albums. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't Mad. know anything about the new albums, but I can't imagine they're like a juggernaut. 
Um, a couple of them are. Yeah. We'll we'll get into it, Lucas. You're getting ahead. Are we going to cover the? Are they? Are we going to cover their future albums? Yeah, we're not. We're not stopping. I thought this was it. I thought this was it. Send away the tigers makes a lot of the best of year lists and wins things like best track for your love alone at the Q Awards. They tour ridiculously and relentlessly. So they tour from May the eighth, which is the day after the release, until June the twelfth. It's like a proper UK tour. They do three nights at different venues in London, which I'm pretty sure was because it's a genuine surprise that they needed multiple nights. Really? Um, yeah, they did. Well, like, instead of just getting a bigger venue. Yeah, exactly. I saw them at Shepherd's Bush Empire, um, and I saw them at Southampton Guildhall on that tour. Steve, you came to that. Yes. Um, that tour, and we spray painted T-shirts and stuff, and then they go straight into festivals in June, July, and August, including third down at the Pyramid Stage. Um, they're on before Kaiser Chiefs and uh, who was it? Um, who, July. Yeah, who who was it? Yes, and then yes played. No, who? Uh, yes. No. Who? Did yes? I don't know. You play tell me. At Glastonbury. No. Who? You I've, tell not, me, Adam, I've not heard of I've not heard of the no. Who Sorry. played at Glastonbury? That I year? don't know. Like well, that year, a Kaiser Chiefs played after them, but who headlined? Yeah. And then what? Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Third. It surprised base. me that yes would headline Glastonbury in two thousand and seven. <laughs> That's big. July twenty third, Autumn Song was released as a single. Peaks at number ten. Then they play in like Greece and Spain and Ireland. They do like a proper European tour in October, in October and November. October the 1st, Indian Summer is, is released and it peaks at 22. And listen to this. That makes it the first Manic Street Preachers single since A Design for Life to peak outside of the top 20. Mm. So they've had 11 years of top 20 singles, which Indian Summer then sort of ruins. Um, <laughs> but again, I like the song. Um, then in December, haven't, they haven't done this in ages, proper UK arena tour. They played like two nights at the Apollo. They played Cardiff Arena. I saw them at Bournemouth Arena, supported by Cherry Ghost, who were very good. You know, that they, they tour this album twice in the UK. And you think about Know Your Enemy, they cancelled arena dates and um, Lifeblood played smaller venues. And after Lifeblood, they did that one tour where they played much smaller venues. Um, they also release a Christmas single, which we will come <laughs> on to uh, at a later date. Um, but the whole year definitely seems to have been a Manic Street Preachers like revival. There's loads of TV coverage and interest in the Manics. And, but this time they seem to almost be embracing that sort of like elder statesman of rock kind of thing, where they're like, you know, we're the older guys coming in and showing the younger guys how right. it's done sort of thing. Um, with that like classic Manics uh, arrogance. Um on February 28th, 2008, they are given the inaugural NME Godlike Genius Award, which is like a legacy award. It's almost like a lifetime achievement. Uh, and they play the big gig, uh, which is attached to it. That's what it's called, the big gig. It was at the O2, which uh, I also went to. Um, the lineup was, listen to how 2008 this is, The Cribs, <laughs> Claxons, Block Party, Kaiser Chiefs, and then about half the arena left. Yeah. And then it was the Manic Street Preachers. Yeah. <laughs> what was that called? It was called The Big the, Gig. The Big I Gig. I don't remember that. Uh, why, why would you? It was attached well, to the because, NME Awards. Yeah, but that, yeah, but that, that was like a time when I was like reading the NME every week. And was oh, like, I suppose so, yeah. 
And I was like very like following music. In which case, you would have got a compilation that was made by a lot of the bands who were up for awards or attending the awards, um, free with one of those magazines. And it has Manic Street Preachers doing this song, which I'm going to play you and you haven't heard. So here we go. Yeah, it's an umbrella, isn't it? Yeah, I remember that. That actually rings a little bell. Yeah, my bell. you know what? That was like a little bit of a hit. Really? Like that charted. That that was in the top 50. I mean, it's Umbrella. Of course it did. Umbrella was like the biggest song in the world. But also because guitar music was massive at that point, a rock band doing Umbrella was very popular. The Manics were back, baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were baby, back yeah. in the spotlight. The Manics were shagadelic, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, behave. Uh, They spent 2008 recording the next album and playing European festivals like Germany, Poland, Russia, Latvia. You know, it was a big fucking like proper Manics revival. They're kind of, they're not back at the heights that they were, but they are a household name again. Um, They go quiet after the summer. They play a couple of gigs in like Hong Kong and Singapore towards the end of 2008. You know, they haven't done that since like... I can't remember the last time they did that. Maybe the Everything Must Go tour. Um, they judged that it was worthy of a 10th anniversary edition, one of only three Mannix albums to get one. Uh, a few have the 20th or the 25th. Of course, Gold Against the Soldiers had its 27th anniversary edition. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. The Holy Bible, Everything Must Go, and this get a 10th anniversary edition, um, which, as we discussed earlier, they replaced one of the tracks on it. So they replaced underdogs good choice i think what do you guys think they no. should have replaced they should have replaced it with a better song shouldn't replace anything just add it on the end done uh what just add it on the end so it goes winter lovers working class hero and then welcome to the dead zone yeah what i mean that's what you've done to our playlist because it's separate yeah it doesn't sound like it should be on this album well, let's listen to it.
very pleasant. It I can't def- imagine that being track two on an album. Well, th- that's that the album. thing, is, is that it fits the album, but not at track two. Yeah, okay. Like, it, has, it has that same kind of sonic thing. Like, it doesn't sound a million miles away from Second Great Depression or Winter Lovers. Um... It is. It's very. It's very simple, but it. Yeah. Ha- I find it quite soothing. It became a bit of a uh, a bit of a fan favorite, and okay. I. I think. I think it replaces the right song as well. I think take underdogs off the album, but not at track two. <laughs> like just have it go. Send away the tigers. Your love alone is not enough. C- keep going with the track listing and put like. Put welcome to the dead Center like track seven or something like that. If you're gonna change yeah, the album, yeah, yeah. change the album. Because that just, if you listen to that album, 10 tracks, and Welcome to the Dead Zone's track two, it just sucks all the energy out of yeah. Send Away the Tigers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lucas, you're not a fan of that song, I assume? I I wonder if I am Dead automatically... Inside. Automatically... <laughs> Dead Inside. ...predisposed against songs that I know are B-sides. I wonder if I automatically... Get, treat it as a b-side you know what i mean and like right and like inevitably rate it worse and just go yeah well it's just a bit of a b-side in it yeah guess I think... what it's a bit of a fucking b-side in it um i think that is better than some of the tracks on send away the tigers i think it's just another one of those nothing tracks like six out of the ten songs on the album right so it's as good as some of the tracks on send away the tigers oh well i i guess so but i also don't care Right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wow. Lucas is really at the end of his tether. <laughs> but like, it, like, great, cool, you can say it's as good as a song that I don't think is good. Fine. Shrug. Uh... <laughs> right, but, but, but what, what, I'm, what I'm exploring with you there is, is your idea that, yeah, you've, you've marked it down lower because you know it's a B-side. I prefer, I probably prefer the one that's replaced, that's name I've forgotten. Underdogs. Yeah. Even though it's, like, embarrassing. Yeah, purely because of... Freaks! Right, okay. That one little line delivery that's fun. A bit fun. But then this, after the, uh, but then this the has Joker piano, movie. which you like. Don't automatically like piano. That's not, Sorry, that's, that's not true. true. I yeah. do automatically <laughs> like piano. It doesn't... That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily uh, stick. What like, I do like about Welcome to the Dead Zone is that it's four chords all the way through... Yeah. And James Dean Bradfield lazy. manages manages to write. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I, I would normally say it's lazy, but James Dean Bradfield manages to write three different melodies for it, just for the vocals, and then sticks another one in on the guitar. Nice. Like he's just great at that. It's I... very pleasant. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think it's as fun as the rest of the album. So that's so. Have I rated that's... any B sides? Maybe I'm. Maybe yeah, I'm... Mr. Carbohydrate. By, oh, Mr. Carbohydrate. Right, there we go then. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, okay, so that that would make the album for me. Like, I think I think I'd have a better opinion of the album if that was on it and Underdogs wasn't. Um, but I don't like the revisionist history anyway. So mm. sod it. Um, <laughs> so that, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> so that is that is send away the tigers, and the next project is very interesting um we won't talk about that now we'll talk about that next time um so before we go um we obviously want to welcome to the podcast uh sean moore bear with us two seconds while we get 
the um, the Zoom up and running. He's going to join us just for the end to talk about what it was like um, recording Center with the Tigers. His thoughts on Underdog, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't wait. Oh, hang on. I've just received an email. Oh, uh-huh. I've received an email from Sean again. Okay. He's just becoming a problem, this is. Weird subject line. Weird subject line. I'll skip over it. I'll skip over it. Hi, guys. Um, was looking forward to coming on the podcast uh, this week. Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances involving... Due to unforeseen circumstances involving the COVID-19 pandemic and looters, I've had to take matters into my own hands and declare a police state in my own house. So I won't be coming on this week. What is? Oh, that makes sense. He's put in the subject line, Sean Law. <laughs> so on that note, um, we do have a Twitter. Uh, it's at Manix Podcast. Um, we have an Instagram, which is at Manix Podcast. You can email us. We've had loads of lovely emails, which we're going to get to very soon. Manix Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we've just set up a red bubble. Which has got some cool, like, t-shirt designs. I say t-shirt designs. You can get them on anything. Get them on clocks and bath mats and loads of nonsense. We've got a jigsaw up, guys. Did you know that? There's <laughs> nice. a do you... I do now. <laughs> There's a do you love us jigsaw. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so... it basically seems like the way the way that Redbubble works is we've got designs and you can get them on anything. Yeah, basically yeah. anything. Um, That's uh, doyouloveus.redbubble.com. It is doyouloveus.redbubble.com. Thank you, Stephen. Um, so that brings us to the end of the podcast and all there really is to say is uh, we live in urban hell and we destroy rock and roll bye bye